Welcome, listeners, to part two of the Story Never Ends podcast for book four. Um, mm. Let's get back into it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, where were we last time? We were talking... Um, we'd been focusing mostly on, I think, the task. I think the sec, the first task had happened or something. Yeah, the first task it had happened before the first task. Yeah, because remember, I did my um Charlie Weasley Targaryen kind of. Um. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. By the time we concluded, we'd already wrapped up like the whole first task stuff. I don't know yeah, if you had more yeah, to yeah, comment we'll on it. About that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So going on, really, I guess more of what I enjoyed in this book. Is Ron's humor once him and uh, Harry are back? I know someone is on anti Ron train, but I'll keep bringing I'm Ron not, up. I'm not anti Ron, like, I'm not anti Ron. Like, I, I appreciate him for the friend that he can be to mm-hmm. Ron. It's not all the time, like, from book one to book three, we've been doing fine, yeah, yep. And book four, we're having difficulties in our relationship, like, yeah. <laughs> but. I know things get better, book five and six. Yeah. And then seven, there's a moment there as well. But I, I'm just going to take that to be my relationship with Ron. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting stuff. <laughs> I, I only, the, the highlights for me for this chapter was more the spew stuff coming out. I did think, though, the house elf emphasis was a bit funny because it's not emphasis. The way they, they serve the meals is such an inefficient way. So I'm thinking they went down into the kitchens and they mm-hmm. see four, four long tables that literally mirror the four long tables in the great yes. hall. Yes. So these poor elves have to run around putting meals on each plate going forward rather than some quick and efficient magic way to like operate the food to each plate or something. I don't know. I just find it funny that like, that's how it was set up. Like, so. Oh, you mean like as in as the as the meal is ready, they can just operate it up into. So, so I just would have thought like there would be some other more efficient way than. But they're doing it with magic as well. Remember, they've so. got magic. But yeah. they have to run around from like one end of the table to the other end of the table that's to put. Like, yeah. <laughs> poor elves. Poor, no wonder Hermione doesn't want. She doesn't want them to be like you know. Yeah, I don't know because I was gonna ask. Well, you know how there's been a shift towards portraying Hermione as black, right? Yes. Less so than she is portrayed in the book, not as clearly, because JK doesn't mm. really distinguish whether she could be or not, whatever. But I thought, for me, her obsession, or at least her focus or desire to free the elves, kind of, if you go with the headcanon that Hermione is black, it suits because she would understand, you know, a thing or two about being oppressed, having been from oppressed people. So I think she would come into Hogwarts like, you know what? I'm going to fight this injustice kind of thing. So I don't know. I just feel like for me, for that head cannon, it suits. It suits. So, yeah. Um, I, I found it. I, I suppose, as you said, I can kind of get why mm. um, the issue reso- resonated so much with her. Because she probably should never, especially when she finds out at Hogwarts how the food is made. Like she's yeah. actually shocked. Not, it's elves doing this. Um. But I suppose, as you said, it comes from her also coming into this world. Uh, probably she didn't fit in her own muggle mm, world mm. because there was always something different about her. Yeah, yeah. She comes into this world where, like, Harry is like, oh, I finally fit in. Everything makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, but no, she is also discriminated against yeah. in this world. Like, yeah. people like her are viewed like, less than like bottom come at the bottom of my shoe kind of mm. behavior but she's not 
she's not oppressed, but is oppressed in a way. Oh, you mean like her in Hogwarts in this situation? Like as a muggle born, you mean? Girl. (laughs) Wait, what are we talking about? You kind of froze. Oh, that's the thing. The network. I think it's a network thing. I thought it was Zoom, but... It's yeah. network, I think. Yeah, you did the same. You froze for a bit, so you were just smiling, and I was like, "What happened?" <laughs> Beautiful smile. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so what were you saying? So I was saying that in a way, she's oppressed, but she's not oppressed compared to how the if you're going to if you're going to view the elves like they're being yeah. slaves. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She, she, she's more marginalized than she is oppressed. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Look, look at Winky. Mm. Like her mentality. Yeah, like even definitely. right to the it's... end, she can't she can't distinguish between right and wrong mm. that her master mm. was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wrong in this sense, mm-hmm. and still she can't. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like yeah. it touches. There's a movie that I recommend you watch called The White Tiger. You might have heard of it. It's got like Priyanka Chopra, you know, Nick Jonas's wife. <laughs> anyway, I, I love she's that so people Nick. now people like people. Oh, she's, she's so Nick. Nick. Come on, come on. You know, he recently shaved off his beard, and I was like, uh, you should just stay with your beard, baby. <laughs> Anyway, but it, it it talks about that slave mentality. Like it's a cycle that you, it doesn't allow you to escape because you believe that you should still be in servitude, even though you know that you want to escape that servitude. So it's it's like a vicious cycle. It's really crazy. But do you think that there's anything wrong with JK deciding to make the elves slaves? Was that her, did that end up being the actual... Wait, did she view them as slaves or was? Oh, that but what is it? But they are enslaved in because they have to be freed. They, ah, they, yes. They're not yes, free true. because if they were yes, free, true. they wouldn't yeah. need to be freed by people giving them clothes and stuff. That's what I mean. And it's more so in the sense that the elves at Hogwarts are distinguished from the elves that serve pure blood homes because the elves at Hogwarts are more, I guess, indentured labor, but not in the extreme version of it because. Dumbledore kind of tries to highlight that he wanted to pay them, but they didn't want to be paid. So the best thing he could do was just give them free reign of like the kitchens and stuff like that. Right. Whereas the pure blood families, the Malfoys and that they actually have those elves as slaves. So I don't know. Like how uh, Dobby was being turned away at the, at their doors because she, he wanted payment. Of course. Yeah. yeah, And he even, he even can't imagine uh, being paid more than, what was he being? A galleon or something? Yeah. 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 Like Dumbledore wanted to pay him like 10 galleons. Yeah. 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 He was like, no, 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 no. Kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know if he had any more about that, but yeah. I, I, I felt like her course was kind of misguided. <laughs> Maybe you see why, you see, that's why I think they ended up doing away with it for the movie, actually. Some people mm. say they don't really care for Spew, but I think if you're going to look at it from the perspective that Hermione was such an advocate for, you know, whatever she was in, it just makes sense mm. that she needed something to latch onto. She was just yeah. so appalled. So it makes sense for that period. But for you, so you're saying think, her course was misguided in one way. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. You said her cause was misguided in what way? So, and then you said, I cut you off. Sorry. No, I cut you off. Oh, okay. But what, what you're saying that, um, I feel like in a way, she also, view, I don't know, she's from Britain. <laughs> she lives in Britain, mm. considering uh, British history. 
I don't know, does does JK even ever re, um refer to it? I don't know, but she I'm not knowing how much Hermione likes reading and knowing about history, like, like mm. as part of you know learning and stuff like that. Of course, she knows British history um, with slavery and colon- colonization and all that stuff. Mm. So mm. maybe in that way, yeah, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, that's I, how yeah. she. Because some of the things she was saying, I'm like, really? Well, really? what in particular? Like, actually, I'm really curious. Like, that <laughs> part kind of like. Now I wish I'd actually... Yeah, I, let me see. I just... I'm, I've opened the chapter because it's called The House of Liberation Front. That's the, the chapter. And Hermione is saying... Let's see. Let's go to the part where Hermione is talking. Um... Apologies, listeners. We're just trying mm. to make sure this... Discussion is more enhanced. Um, I wish I'd actually uh, put quotes for whatever she was saying. No, that's, I just was interested to know what yeah. you had picked out, you know. I can't really find anything, to be honest, but I think I get you. No, it's all right. If we come back to it, we can always mention it again in the movie. Yeah. If, if ever. Wait, is it... Is it in the movie? No, no, it's not as in we can refer to it as as, as an movie. afterthought. But it was never included in the movie. No, no, no. It? It, Despure was never mentioned in the movie. Wow. Winky yeah. wasn't even in the movie, so. <laughs> Dobby, who's Dobby? Oh, my God. Dobby shows up in book six and, I mean, in, in movie six and then. Oh, the way I'm going to discuss that when we're talking about the film. Oh, God. God. Let's just, anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Like I said before, right, the book should be called Puberty Blues. Because, man, the next chapter, the next couple of chapters, which is about yes. the unexpected task being the the um, Harry having to look for a partner to the mm-hmm. ball and everybody having to look for partners, and then the Yule ball as well. So for me, literally, it's all about the perils of growing up and realizing that girls are no longer just schoolmates, but they're yes. things that you can admire. And now how do you talk to them? Now that they are more than just that. So I actually have audio queued up, but I think I'll play it at the end when you've made comments about that, that you might have. But I was just also thinking about Harry as well, because if only he'd plucked up the courage a bit sooner. That's not to say that Cho didn't already probably like Cedric and they already had a thing going on. Because obviously we can only see... No, 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 I disagree. I disagree. I think she might might also have liked uh, Harry. Like but, so, but, that shared but you see, you always. didn't hear my point. I said, I don't know if she liked Cedric, but she obviously wanted to give Harry a chance. My bad. That was the point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say that but, she didn't have any feelings. I always know that you're all about Harry no, and No, 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 no. But that's what I told you yesterday. Sorry, I keep moving my mic, people. That's what I told you yesterday. Harry and Jeannie, for me, are now more solidified because Harry went through this phase with Cho and it... It needed to happen. I can't take it away from her, from Cho, I mean, that it happened. And I can't take yeah, it away huh? from the one minor character that actually gets a relationship. Or Dean and Jeannie get together, but that's a minor thing. But either way, you get what I mean? Like, I think she definitely would have given him a chance. I agree with you. Like, if, mm-hmm. Because she does say sorry. She does, like, feel apologetic. But then, obviously... Cedric is Cedric. Hello. Yes. <laughs> I would have said yes to Cedric too. <laughs> Literally. But I also do love going on the genie point so that I, you can talk about your points regarding this. 
Mm. I do love how it shows Ginny not being happy about like Harry asking Cho because the yes, way that conversation that. happened is like Ginny's face fell. <laughs> like, yes, yes. And then especially when she finds out that Harry doesn't have a date and she agreed yes. to go with Neville, she's just like, oh my God. But I actually thought that was a perfect moment. I think that's when Harry, Ginny anyway started maybe drawing away from the crush with Harry because mm-hmm. I remember it'll come to, we'll come to this I think in book six, but she mentioned that, Hermione started talking to her about like maybe move, moving on from the crush that she had on Harry. And sure mm-hmm. enough, in book five, Ginny actually starts becoming more confident, like talking to Harry more, like as in the scenes that they are portrayed together. Yeah. She's yeah. not the bumbling whatever that she usually is. So I think from this point onwards, I would like to think that's when she sort of like moved on from the idea of Harry. Because she could, she just could tell like he's never going to think of me as the first port, port of call, whatever, like for mm-hmm. anything. He's just going to be... Harry, who doesn't see me as anything than Ron's sister kind of thing. So anyway, I just thought if that was the point, that would have been a good point because really mm. Harry is too focused into Cho and he's too focused about the Triwizard Tournament. He's, yeah, he would, yeah. And and I also think in the same way that Ron didn't even consider asking Hermione. Yes. Yeah. Harry did not even consider asking Ginny. Uh, like Ginny didn't even factor in. Yes, like, yes. Because they would have so just I been... Think- that, I, I assume that her reaction was also that as well, that she didn't even fa- factor into Harry asking her. Mm. Like, oh, that's yeah, true. Like, and then she still didn't have a that's date. That's true. That's yeah. true. Because I feel like, isn't it, it's a much more healthier way of thinking that it takes time for, you know, these relationships in this book to become what they are. And that's good because if they had just been like crushing on each other from day one, that's just mm-hmm. not realistic. They're 11 year olds. At this point, they're 14. Like, Yes, and again, that's his best friend's little sister. Exactly. So oh, he's only <laughs> yeah. ever seen her in her pajamas at home, you know, helping around the house. <laughs> and the best friend part as well, that's another minefield you don't want to get into. I always, yeah. you know, because I don't have brothers. I don't have that baby, not understanding. I understand it, but I also just don't have that extra bit of like, oh, it's your best friend's sister or whatever, or best friend's brother, like. Who yeah. cares yeah. if you like the person? You like the person, like you're related by blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I can't even relate as well because my brothers are younger as well. Mm. So my friends will be younger, but I can understand. Actually, it works with you and um, with your sisters. Your sisters will hope, like, mm. when you are older, though. But if Hope had a best friend who was a guy mm, and mm. you guys started dating Th- there's some weirdness there okay yeah yeah, I yeah. So. yeah, yeah. That is, i always find it there. more weird when it's like an older brother looking at his younger sister's younger, that too. Yeah. friend whereas in that this case too. they were older than Ginny anyway but she was younger than him so i don't know i guess it does anyway because yeah. your friend your friend knows what you are like, who you are. Yes. You want to date my younger sister. That's true. That's true. That's why I think Ron, yeah. Yeah. Ron is a bit yes. iffy. And when we so get to book a, seven, it'll especially be. Especially considering how Ron was behaving ooh, that year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> book six. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I would, I would say, like, the hormones for Ron hit him hard. Like, it, that literally, year, like, like, I, this puberty blues. <laughs> continues into freaking book six like crazy it's like a train it's like a train wreck that book like ah anyway i don't know if you had more points i can queue up the audio about what they're asking i I had said uh like found his reaction to 
Professor McGonagall tell him that, telling him that, you know, he's going to be in the U-Ball. And he actually, like, you know, says he felt his insides, his insides <laughs> seem to curl up and shrivel, man. <laughs> <laughs> he would rather face the Hungarian hotel again rather than do this. Literally. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> so you're going to queue it up. So anyway. I'm not queuing it up maybe from the point where McGonagall talks yes, because I don't because think I had that far. one hilarious uh, line like okay yeah. I'll try to I see hold on. Seen. I'll try yeah. to see how far back it is because I hadn't queued it up that far I was gonna say uh, as well like with uh so I feel like Harry also what we were talking about that he should have asked Cho earlier Mm. I feel like he missed this chance completely mm. with Cho. Even if they get together in book five, he missed this chance. Yes. Because, because it's, it's touched on in book five that by mm. that stage, she now was fully in to Cedric yeah. and then also Cedric. the death yeah. and... Yeah, the death. And bit. then she even asked him like in book five, like, did he say anything or something like that? Yeah, said, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, their relationship would have always been... Uh, overshadowed by the centricness of yeah. it all. Yes. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> he can't win. But okay, I'll cure. I don't know if it's, it'll start because I, I queued it up to a certain point. So hopefully this is close enough. Let's see. Your partners for the dual ball. Okay, let's go back just one bit. Professor McGonagall called above the noise. Potter, a word if you please. Assuming this had something to do with his headless rubber haddock, Harry proceeded gloomily to the teacher's desk. Professor McGonagall waited until the rest of the class had gone, and then said, "'Potter, the champions and their partners—' "'What partners?' said Harry. Professor McGonagall looked suspiciously at him, <laughs> as though she thought he was trying to be funny. "'Your partners for the dual ball, Potter,' she said coldly. "'Your dance partners.' Harry's insides seemed to curl up and shrivel. <laughs> dance partners? He felt himself going red. I don't dance, he said quickly. Oh, yes, you okay. do, said Professor McGonagall irritably. That's what I'm telling you. Traditionally, the champions and their partners opened the ball. Harry had a sudden mental image of himself in a top hat and tails, accompanied by a girl in the sort of frilly dress Aunt Petunia always wore to Uncle Vernon's work parties. "'I'm not dancing,' he said. "'It is traditional,' said Professor McGonagall firmly. "'You are a Hogwarts champion, and you will do what is expected of you as a representative of the school. "'So make sure you get yourself a partner, Potter.' But I don't... You heard me, Potter, said Professor McGonagall in a very final sort of way. Poor Harry. A week ago, Harry <laughs> would have said quickly. finding a partner for a dance would oh, be a cinch compared to taking good, on a Hungarian horntail. But now that he had done the latter and was facing the prospect of asking a girl to the ball, he thought he'd rather have another round with the horntail. Harry had never known so many people to put their names down to stay at Hogwarts for Christmas. He always did, of course, because the alternative was usually going back to Privet Drive, but he had always been very much in the minority before now. This year, however, everyone in the fourth year and above seemed to be staying, and they all seemed to Harry to be obsessed with the coming ball, or at least all the girls were, and it was amazing how many girls Hogwarts suddenly seemed to hold. <laughs> That's he had never quite That's noticed bad. that before. Girls giggling and whispering in the corridors, 
girls shrieking with laughter as boys passed them, girls excitedly comparing notes on what they were going to wear on Christmas night. Why do they have to move in packs? Harry asked Ron as a dozen or so girls walked past them, sniggering and staring at Harry. How are you supposed to get one on their own to ask them? Lasso one? Ron suggested. Got any idea who you're going to try? <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that audio. Otherwise, we'll probably be decommissioned for this podcast. But yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's yes. that's that's uh, the that's the puberty. It's little much. I mean, we just can roll on because the Yule Bowl pretty much starts after this when they've figured out who yes, their partners are yes. going to be, and literally most of that chapter just kept thinking teenagers. Literally, all of them are self obsessed, self absorbed. Everybody has a problem, and it's just <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. Seriously, I'm glad I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> but the funny thing, you know, in the movie, right, when Fred asks Angelina, right, mm. I thought that was just for the movie. Yeah, and that's so true. That he actually does it in the book. He does. He really, really yeah. does, you know. Fred has got game. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, it's funny, isn't it? The movie sometimes clouds your judgment that you think it's mm. only a movie invention. And then you think, oh, yes. that actually did happen in the book. Like, yeah. you know, it's quite yeah. interesting. Because I thought, I was funny. What I loved a little bit, though, was the, the leading up to the ball part where yeah. at one point, Floor is Floor, Fleur, Fleur, whatever. We don't know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> anyway, Hermione is so annoyed at her because she keeps going on about, like, oh, I'm going to get fat from this food. <laughs> I won't be able to fit into my dress. And her mind is just over it. She's over it, over it, over it. But then I also love, it leads into what you were saying about how Hermione got her teeth fixed. Like yes, she's yeah. not only a bookworm, you know, sometimes the vanity, you know, she she wants to give in to the vanity. And yeah, it's quite interesting. But like, um, I also like the fact that um, when Draco is mocking Hermione, um, about anyone ever asking her to a ball and and he calls her that like like uh not that long more like mud blood. And I'm like I'm like so romantic, right? Oh, Drumming oh, up Please, why did you have to bring that up? God, I'm trying to forget this I'm, Draco. I actually, I actually wrote that dot dot not the long more like mud blood dash. So romantic, right? Audrey. Oh God! Don't don't remind us of this Draco. This Draco is just—I don't know what this kid is doing. I don't know. But I was gonna say though. Well, um, I had a finish. Oh, sorry, but sorry, Hermione, sorry, sorry. But Hermione's response to that, like her witty response to that, is golden. Like she pretends that she sees Professor Moody because of the ferret thing. Um, did we even talk about the ferret thing? Yeah, I, I brought it up when I said, "Oh, him turning Draco into ah, a ferret yes. or something." But yeah, it was then a minor like, thing. So Malfoy freaks out thinking Professor Moody is behind him, right? And Hermione's like, twitchy little ferret, aren't you, Malfoy? <laughs> but you see, even her insults are more dignified than his. Like, yes, she didn't yes. call him, not that there's a derogatory term for pure blood other than your purist, but... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't know. Because I, what I was also going to say was, um, before that, like I was leading up to the ball, I think... She, Harry gets a letter from Sirius and then he's a bit like annoyed that Sirius is like trying to like tell him what to do, be safe, whatever. And Harry's like, mm. as if I'm always getting into trouble, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you kind of are. You literally are like a walking no, sign no. of trouble. I get Harry. I get Harry in terms of he's not always the one seeking the trouble. Sometimes 
he stumbles upon oh, it. Oh, really? So trouble finds him, does it? To it? Sometimes this reaction to it is then the problem that makes the trouble even bigger. That is true. Yeah. That is. But Sirius yeah. is just trying to be a good godfather. You know, he's just trying yes. to protect his baby. Yes. But then also, yes. Harry cannot give Dobby new socks. He literally takes the worst socks ever and he just chucks them to freaking Dobby as a Christmas present. But eventually, and eventually they go when they go on, on their next uh, Hogsmeade visit, they get him something, don't they? They do, they do, yeah, they do, yeah. they do. But I, I the best gift was from Ron. Yeah, like, when he gave him a jumper. Yeah. But you see, I was actually going to say, bring that up and say, sometimes Ron doesn't realize how much, how lucky he has, like he has it. Sorry, in terms of having a mother that cares enough to make him these jumpers that he doesn't care for. Like sometimes he can be a bit. Oh, I'm about to defend yeah. Ron. <laughs> Lord. Why would you put me in this position? I love but it. it. But is that what we're talking about that you always want what you don't have. That's true. The grass, the grass is always greener on the other side. Yes. Yes. He thinks he would love to have, I think he would love to have Harry's money, which will better his family. That's true. And be like a rich, like, I think he would love his family like that. To be financially secure. Yes, secure. I do get yeah. it. I do get yeah. it. I do get it. I don't it. think he would like Harry's life, though he seemed to pave like, because he wanted the attention, the same attention that yeah. Harry has. I'm like, but that comes with... Uh, All this burden. Yeah. 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 I don't think... That's the thing. He doesn't realize how lucky he, he has doesn't, it. He, does, he doesn't realize. And that is is that young kid... Um, world revolves around me mm, kind of thing mm, um mm. why are you ruining my life kind of that's thing true. when you talk to your parents that's yeah true. so i'm glad they grow that's true because then it yeah. wouldn't yeah, yeah it just wouldn't work it just wouldn't work nah, <laughs> but nah. i also love dean he muses at how like ron and harry got pavati and padma and then ron's response is like animal magnetism and i'm like what <laughs> what <laughs> Well, apparently they are the uh, hottest girls yeah, in school yeah, or yeah. something. I was like, yeah. oh. well, it makes sense in the sense that they're like more of the flirty girls, you know, in their, in, in they would be considered attractive because they're more outwardly feminine yes. in their ways. Yes. Because yeah. then it actually, okay, two, two things. Did your little shipper, shipper's heart flutter when Harry saw, he didn't know it was Hermione at the time, but he described it as pretty. He describes it as a pretty girl in a blue periwinkle, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes, yes. But he didn't know it was Hermione. So I don't know if you would have even described it as pretty if it wasn't for the fact that he didn't know it was her. <laughs> he would, no, he would still describe it. Remember the kiss that he gives her, um, the kiss that Hermione gives Harry at, at the, the end when they're living. Yep. Harry's like, oh, take Mind you. Those are the two only non-platonic <laughs> things that happen in this book between those two. And after that, nothing. Nothing. Not and even a stupid little I dance don't. that happened in this stupid movie that tried. <laughs> anyway, I shan't get into it. <laughs> yeah, Dramionship. Hey, mud blood. How no, romantic. No, 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 no. Me, I'm a Ginny and Harry shipper, first of Please, all. Okay. Leave me alone. Harry and Ginny huh? all the way. But it leads Hermione to what Hermione and Harry <laughs> oh, please, please. That's actually an insult to Hermione because technically she shouldn't have even ended up with both of them. She's too smart for both of them. That's why she she deserves true. Draco. <laughs> true. No, 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 no. Not Draco, but you true. won't really do that one. Anyway. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather she be in, with anyone else. If she's not gonna be with Harry, anyone else. That's true. That's true. Wrong. Yeah. But I was gonna say, what are your thoughts though on how Hermione's re- reveal 
kind of like shows how much weight or importance we place on looks because you know if you think of even when i read remini fan fiction right as a from that perspective th- yeah. that moment when there's a moment that's described in the book where apparently Draco couldn't even in- find any insult to tell her because you know she was just that pretty like she looked really good in whatever yes, she was wearing yes, yeah, yeah. but what i find interesting is because at least shippers look that look at that as a turning point for him. He's like, oh, okay, she's actually more than just someone I can insult. Anyway, but what mm. do you think about that? Like, as in, it's beautiful that Hermione got this moment. But what do you like? We have this obsession as a society about like transformations, mm. like as if she was an ugly duckling or something or whatever. Like, yeah, what do you think about how that sort of was viewed? In, yeah, in like the... it started with the. I think maybe part of it has always been sensitive and self-conscious about her teeth, like and her hair as well. Mm-hmm. Even when we, um, from when we started in book one, like she's always been insulted by the way, uh, people have always insulted her mm. from her, from her being like a muggle born into how she looks mm. as well. Yeah. And so I think maybe she, especially when she went to Madame Pomfrey after getting her teeth elongated but without hacks and she didn't stop Madame Pomfrey when she was starting to fix fix her teeth mm, mm. yeah I feel like a part of her just wanted to feel beautiful I think well, that's for true. her yeah yeah a part of her just wanted to feel be- beautiful and just acknowledge for that in some way mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah yeah and yeah. unfortunately whether in the wizarding world or not <laughs> beauty standards sometimes are not as superficial That's to what true. they see immediately. What's on the inside is almost kind of secondary sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, we fall into that trap. Fall yeah. Into that trap. But I was going to say, <laughs> just some of the humor in this chapter, like, because it's, yeah. I have so many notes for this particular chapter alone, not even mm. just the moments mm. around. But there's a moment when Harry describes Percy wanting to announce his promotion or pro- announcing his promotion as him announcing his election as supreme ruler of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Armin! She had it for Percy. And then later on, it's described as Harry wanting to ask Percy if Crouch had stopped calling him Weatherby. And I'm like, oh my God, you just can't re- let this boy rest. You can't let this boy rest. But yeah, it's just so funny. It's just so funny. I love it. I didn't have that many notes on the oh, oh, I, Okay, I guess I can. I did point out that, you know, some of um, Ron's behavior. Oh, of course. You did. Oh, you, like, mind you, if red flags, like red If you're going to say that, I'm actually going to go on to that point, and then I'll come back to the other points. I do did note this. Ron, Ron was being like literally a typical guy. I know he's a more extreme version of it in that moment, but him just not getting why, first of all, Hermione needs time to prepare his ignorance at that, like he, he just, cause I think he questions, he's like, Oh, why do you need so much time to prepare? He's kind of obsessed with why she wants to do certain things. Right. So his jealousy yeah. is already stemming from just like her, not letting him in as she used to, obviously when they were a bit younger, but then also his jealousy, like you said, manifests in the worst way that it could, Absolutely. because he becomes a gaslighter. He becomes a yeah. gaslighter. He's yeah. trying yeah. to, thank you. He's trying, mind you, I'm not, Thank diminishing you, his character. I'm just I'm, I'm talking directly into the microphone and saying thank you. Like I you t- actually admitted that because sometimes it feels like you want to brush off the things that he does. No, say. no, no, no. Acknowledging that sometimes he can be um, problematic. 
yeah. I honestly, I honestly don't think he can be exempted from this. That's why I always struggle with Draco because if Draco is like this, how the heck do we ship him with Hermione? I don't know. <laughs> then equally, if Ron treats Hermione like this, why do people, you know, ship them? So I, this, honestly, my confusion, what was Hermione being jealous of during that? Because um, there were hints that she might be jealous. No, no, she definitely was jealous. I don't think it was might. It was definitely. But I don't get. That's yeah. the thing. I don't necessarily think they're not. A, that's why I always say, for me, her, Ron and Hermione's thing just stems from the fact that they're opposites, true opposites, and they there's something for them there. Like I won't analyze it too much because this is the children's book, and at the time, J.K.R. thought that was the best pairing she could make. And in the fourth year, so exactly. yeah, I'm, I'm, we're gonna have a lot of things. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But then also, I also think, like I keep saying, they as much as you want to fight it, um, Tinashe, J.K.R. Mm. wanted Harry to be part of the Weasley family. One way or the other. He either was going to be gay and fall in love with Bill or Charlie or he was going to marry Ginny. So he married Ginny. And he became part of the... the, I mean, when we get to the end of this chapter, it literally says he wanted a mother's hug or a parent's hug and Miss Weasley... Like, everything. Anyway, I'm just saying, Ron and Hermione, for me, I've stopped analyzing them because they're just what they are in canon. I've accepted that that's that. Outside of canon, by all means, we can have all that and... That's just how it is because Ron is problematic in the canon and JKR. That's all I wanted from you. you. And that's the thing though, but that doesn't take away from Ron as a character. I still love Ron as a character. The romantic pairing, that's another thing because this book wasn't a romance book. It wasn't a romance deep dive. JKR just ended up pairing them. She could have actually ended it without them being together at all. Yes, yes. So, yeah. you know, at least we've got something because most books sometimes, you know, anyway, whatever. I'm going on and on. The point being, Ron definitely is not at his best here and it just begs the question, how did Hermione even forgive him? Because I would have slapped the hell out of him with all those questions. Fraternizing yeah. with the enemy. I, I, think, I think what makes a difference for them is because of the foundation of friendship. That yeah. is true. That is true. Yeah, the foundation of friendship. A, Always like, having each other's backs and yes, yeah, yes. that's true. But I was going to... on the basis of that, maybe that's how she... That is true. That is yeah. true. Because I was also going to say, and people always do say Hermione and, and Harry were kind of too similar. And even he points out like how, because she can be so straight up with everything, he kind of just mm. wants laughter. And sometimes she mm. doesn't bring that for him. So in a yeah. way, anyway, we, we'll get to that when we talk about ships. I was going to ask you, when there's a point where Dumbledore describes, I think they're just talking conversation-wise, and he describes himself finding himself in a room full of toilets when he was looking for the loo. And I'm just thinking, is that the room of requirement? Because was he well, in when, his... I, I feel like I missed that. Oh, he, he just says it as a random comment, but I just picked it up because I'd always wondered where the room of requirement... Because I always try to pick up when things were introduced and then when we actually oh, yes, yeah, encountered yeah. them later. But yeah. it's just a small comment... Uh, they're sort of like in a crowd of people and Dumbledore says it. Sorry, I, I can't pinpoint exactly the page or where. I don't think I marked it. I just... Yeah, I, I don't remember. Anyway, things. but I, I was... I'm also always on the lookout for Easter eggs and stuff yeah. like that. I, I will yeah. look, if I remember, I'll look for it again for the movie. I'm feeling a lot of like feedback through this mic. Why am I doing that? Anyway, besides the point, 
we'll talk about the room of requirement later then if we'll both figure out where that paragraph is but also how did you read Flo and Victor's voices because Stephen Fry obviously does a good job of reading <laughs> their voices but when you're not actually listening to it and you're reading it in the way JKR actually writes it phonetically I'm like yes. she wants me to read in like a Bulgarian accent in a French accent like this little boy <laughs> <laughs> Met the Muslim, this little boy. Literally, literally. I was like, oh God. But then also JK uses that opportunity in this chapter to actually teach people how to pronounce Hermione's name. Because I think before this, people had just been asking, how do you pronounce a name? How do you pronounce a name? Outside of the books. So in the books, she's like, here is how you freaking pronounce a name. Because I think Hermione talks to Crumb and he's pronouncing yes. it wrong. And she like, phonetically, like yeah. yeah. So I was like, I just no, thought I that didn't, was funny. I didn't read the, by the time I got to that part in the book, yeah. I was on audio book. Oh, so okay. she actually spells it out like phonetically, like yes. how it's sound. Yes, ah. yes. Yeah. That is yeah. that. So, but she says Hermione, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. No, no, no. I'm, I'm asking. You. Oh, okay. Oh, in the yeah, she, she says she spells it out. She like yeah, yeah. Sort of says it how in syllables. Like she breaks it into syllables, and then yeah, Crumb can say. I'm and, trying to and, find and, it. And Crumb still gets it wrong. Oh, of course. <laughs> Hermonini. Hermonini. Yeah. She actually says Hermione or whatever. Hermione. What page is that? Huh? It's what page, page is that? In mine is three sixty four. I, yeah, I don't know yeah. if it'll be the same paging pagination, but then. I like that in this scene. Yeah, it is the same, it's uh, the same page. Yeah. Uh, or Nini, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So Hermione. Like. And he's like, Ham on Nini. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But then, oh, crumb. I don't know if you oh, picked it up. Crumb. There's a point when Moody says, nice socks to Harry. And then yeah. Harry mentions, Dobby got them for me. And that's how Moody gets the connection between Dobby and Harry to be able to go to... Oh, my God. Man, like, when I think about the Veritaserum chapter, right, how he explains how everything happened, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And before even before even he's given the Veritaserum, when he's explaining to Harry, like, how he was able to tell... What's his name? Cedric about putting the egg in the water, mm. the Dobby thing, um pretending that you know the gillyweed and whatnot that he'd also set up set up uh, for neville for to have been the one to reveal to it yes yeah if only harry had asked exactly yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. they had made contingence conti- contingency plans yes plans. <laughs> if this goes wrong this will happen that will happen there was plan b plan c plan d yeah in some That's ways, he was I'm a trying. very smart guy, but obviously he was bad, so we shan't. Because yeah, you, you were saying that the plan seemed... Like, I, I just yeah. said it is a very elaborate plan. I didn't say it was very. a bad plan. I just said it was yes. a very elaborate plan. That there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Definitely. And obviously Definitely. he has continued. And he does say that when he... um That there were so many times yeah. things could have gone wrong. And he's like, because of your dumb ass, Harry. Yes, yes, <laughs> So many yes. things could have gone wrong. like <laughs> Pretty much. Because Harry's just too much of a hero. He's just too much of a hero. You know, you can't. But it's just interesting. But then also, Fred and Angelina being described as dancing exub- so exuberantly that other people had to back away. <laughs> like, I wish we'd seen that in the movie. I don't know if it's in the movie. I'll look out for it. But I can yeah. only imagine them dancing so, like, out of... I don't know. It's just this is why I wish, like you know, we had a book after the book seven, because things are not as 
doom and gloom anymore after that just to see where everybody is that's true so i'm concerned i can't remember which twin dies but that's don't true tell me. i was actually gonna say i yeah. don't know which twin dies so i don't know what you're wishing yeah, to don't tell me, don't friend, tell me. But... <laughs> i'm not even gonna look we have to wait we until we read book seven because yeah, i also have yeah. always forget which twin dies so yeah but then yeah. also did you pick up there was a point where it says oh ali bashir and his flying carpets or whatever Percy was saying this. And I was just yes. thinking, isn't that very stereotyping type of thing? Like flying carpets, Arabs, like Chochang. <laughs> Chochang. <laughs> Do we need to go anywhere? <laughs> ah, that is true, actually. JK sometimes, yeah, she just missed the ball. Me, she missed like, the mark. She, she she made all this effort to like Harry is a pretty standard name. Uh Ronald's a pretty standard yeah. name. I think Hermione is. Yeah, I've, I've never he- heard or seen that name anywhere in my life. Um, serious, I suppose. But there's some names that you're like, Cho, really? <laughs> that that's that's what you picked. Yep, I don't. I'm surprised don't Dean Thomas is not some weird uh, <laughs> name. That's that because see, you're to. right. Because Cho didn't even need to be Cho. She, yes, you could have kept her as an ethnic name, but she actually yeah. could have been. Samantha Chang, because generally Asians exactly give yeah. anglicized. They they actually yeah. have anglicized names, yeah. and they their yeah. name is generally oh, forbidden. Given her a different last name mm. that was still Asian, yeah, very much. No, the last name for me has no problem because the last name distinguishes what a person really usually yeah. is. Yeah. The first name was the just too rhymy, um, rhymy, like yeah. Anyway, that's a minor thing. But I was gonna also say, Madam Maxime Harry at some point says. When the giant stuff is talked about. Yes. Well, they're dying out anyway. And then loads got themselves killed. This is Ron talking to, to, to Harry. Loads got themselves killed by Oris. They're supposed to be giants abroad though. They hide out in mountains mostly. And then Harry says, I don't know who Maxime thinks she's kidding. <laughs> if ha- Hagrid's half giant, she definitely is. Big bones. The only thing that's got bigger bones than her is a dinosaur. <laughs> like, what? Harry, No. <laughs> Why does he do this? Why does he do this? Why does he do this? <laughs> the thing is, that come out of Harry's mouth sometimes. That's why, that's why I'm like, like film Harry is not. That's not all Harry. Film Harry is just like no, a modicum of water, what they watered down his personality. And when Daniel is given the opportunity to lean, book six. When yeah. that spider scene happens and he's like the pincers, whatever. Yeah. That is book Harry. That is book Harry. His sass coming out, his whatever. Like as in when Daniel is allowed to lean into that, like when he yes. says, Professor, and the professor's like, well, Harry, where are you going? It's like, Well, aren't you coming, sir? Or whatever. Like it's just I know it's <laughs> Felix Felix Felice is in that scene working, but it's his personality also coming out. And yes, they just don't yes. let him lean into that enough. They don't. Yeah, like, yeah, they didn't. That's why I'm so kind of surprised when I read like the Private Drive chapter. I'm like, what? Harry said, what? Harry Literally. is, Harry is, what? That's why I'm always so surprised when, when, whenever part of his personality just burst forth like that. I'm like, yeah, they do not allow him they to didn't. be all that he is. They didn't. Yeah. And I wish they had done that. Mm. I wish they had done that. But before I forget, so we can, I can, we can keep going with your points about other things. Cause I only have two more points for the U ball thing. Yeah. I was going to say the way that Hagrid's identity is revealed, right? It's mm-hmm. a great way because J.K.R. essentially then sets up the whole giants thing that happens in book yes, five with yes. Madame Maxime and Hagrid being emissaries for Dumbledore. Yes, yes. And then 
I also then wrote this point. I wonder how much JKI had planned out these plots, right? Because, like I said before, I think I mentioned that um, Barty Crouch, if he had like a cockboard of all the contingency plans that <laughs> yes, he had to have. Yes, yes. I wonder if JKR literally had like a cockboard of like all those tape. I think you. I think you'd have the to. connecting threads. I just have so to many. have some sort of like um plans, yes. like that you can see out, like you know, if this happens like this, it's gonna lead to so and so. Yeah, and book seven or something because like that. Because Voldemort brings up Quirrell in this book. Quirrell, yes. who we haven't heard of since book one, but was c- crucial to Voldemort literally having a body to come back to and possess and allow him to get out of the forest that he was living in, in Transylvania or Albania or wherever he was to then be able to come back to this point in the story. Like all those are background things that you don't even think about, but they're happening. And JKR just connecting things. And it's like, there aren't many plot holes in Harry Potter. That's one thing I've noticed. We first, they first mentioned the quibbler in this one. They lose the li- not, not the quibbler. Luna. They actually mentioned the love goods. They actually mentioned the love goods. Yes. And I'm like, do we meet the love goods in the next book? Or yeah, we do. Six? It's in the next yeah, book. I'm it's like, in book five. Setting up these things, yeah. the department of mysteries, the unspeakable, even the order of the so phoenix like, starts yeah, coming so up at the end. Surprised, like if you remember, if you just read the other book you kind of oh she mentioned that yes earlier. exactly and it's so like it's just so heartwarming so heartwarming mm-hmm. but then to mm-hmm. cap off this chapter what made me laugh was harry being bitter about cedric cedric sorry because yes. even though cedric wants to help him yes he's still like well you have the girl so technically <laughs> i'm not gonna listen to you and he spends like a whole three months or whatever ignoring cedric's advice until it's like D-Day. Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah, let's say boys Harry, will be boys. me, and I am him when it comes to deadlines and schoolwork. Uh, like, but, then, but it's because he's bitter it. about Cedric telling him the clue. Like, because he has Cho and he doesn't. Anyway, it's fine. It's Stupid fine. Boy. Deadline was, but I, was I the same. Just before, um, I, I know, after he's learned about the, about the, about the clue, that the clue, yes, after he's gone to the, the the prophet's t- um, room and got into the tub and got into the clue. Mm-hmm. Please, morning myrtle. Huh? <laughs> really, girl. Really. Anywho, and then he when he's when he has left that room and then he's going back to he's going back to the dorm room, but then he sees. Does he see uh crowd's name and then that's what makes him divert from yeah, going to the yeah. dorm room and that's when he gets stuck in the mm, in the mm, stairs mm. again. Why are the stairs like that at freaking school, man? <laughs> <laughs> I actually before we even get to that, I actually was more surprised at the prefect's bathroom being so elaborate. I was like, what the hell? Diving boards and like yo 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 that's a bit too much maybe that's why harry was so bitter about not becoming a prefect in book five because he knew what was you know he knew what was on offer kind of thing and speaking of being a prefect the fact that um who says something about him being a prefect in this one to to ron and ron is like no I don't want to be a prophet. And then he becomes one in prophet. Yes. <laughs> you see, JKR, just little peppering things, and then he comes back, you know? So good. Yes. But then moving on, after the U-Bowl, I had, I, what's the oh, yeah, I hadn't finished my point. I got sidetracked, and then oh, I yeah. got sidetracked, then I got sidetracked. So he gets stuck in the in the. Wait, are you not going to talk about that chapter? Because that's a bit later. 
Is that the next chapter? Oh, is that the next chapter? This is before the plan, b- before the second task. Oh, there are things that happen before the second task. Oh, wait, no. Oh, there's just one chapter between. Oh, okay, you can talk about it, but then I'll, probably, I'll bring us back because I had things before that. Anyway, oh, you okay. go, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Like, and so he, so he, when he gets stuck in the stair, he drops the egg, he mm-hmm. drops the map, he can't reach them. Um, did he drop his wand as well? Why couldn't he reach his wand and kind of? I, th- I think he was just stuck Asio in an awkward Asio. something or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, he couldn't use it because if he had, Snape would have seen the map moving and as in he would have known that Harry's underneath the invisibility. Ah, because he would have moved no, towards him. That's no, why no, he, prior to anyone coming across. Oh, no, he didn't what? drop his wand. He dropped the map and the egg. But if he yeah. had wanted to assure the map to him, yeah. he would have. Snape would have seen the map coming oh, towards okay. him or whatever. Yeah. And it, yeah. to be honest, I don't, this is a vague detail that I remember from this chapter. Yes, I didn't really have yes. many notes. So you can go on and on about it. I didn't really have that So many. after everything is sorted out, after Snape and Fieldsleeve and Moody is just the only one there, yeah. and he sees the map, like, and they're talking about the map and what I it know. does. What? And Moody's like, can I just have this? Like the horror, the horror I felt. Exactly, exactly. exactly. The horror I felt with with Harry handing over the map, map to like Moody party crowd. Exactly. Like, you know, and also Moody. Like, what, what, Fake Moody. Moody. Party, yeah. Party uh, also giving him career advice that he should be an aura. I'm like. I mean, he took it bro. up. He took it yeah. up. So, but, but you know what? I, I actually don't like Harry being an aura. I've always said this. Harry should have been a professor. Harry would have been so suited and, to coming and, back to Hogwarts and teaching at Hogwarts. An aura, yeah. Because for me, he spent the better part of his life in danger, being chased. Yeah, being chased in danger, uh, fighting, getting hurt by you know dark wizards, Hitlers, mm. and Voldemort, and. You want more of that in his life? You see, life? what would have made sense was first couple of years, three, four years. That's This is why I love fan fiction. They always portray Harry and Ron or Hermione going into the ministry to help clear up the whole mess with yeah. the Death Eaters, yeah. reordering yeah. the system, you know, mm-hmm. reestablishing the wizarding world. That would have made sense. He could have been an aura-ish for that period of time. After yeah. that, another form of employment. Honestly, yeah. I, when this girl mentioned how she pictured Harry becoming a professor, I was like, yes! Order of the Phoenix literally proves why he would be a good professor because he's yep. lived through those things and he will teach the kids in a practical way, empathetic. Yep. He's never an arrogant person. He's never going to be like, oh, you don't know how to do that. You know, he's yeah empathetic in, in the way he... T- anyway, when we get to book five, I cannot wait. Ah! Anyway, the point being you're right. Harry and being an aura is just... Uh, yeah, I think it was J- JKR's best way of having a hero boy continue being a hero boy kind of thing, like after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's unfortunate that we didn't. Yeah, because she allows Ginny to have a second career. Ginny goes from being a Quidditch player to having a report. I'm just saying. It, okay, she allows Hermione to have a second career then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I don't understand why you don't. You know what? You're going to be convinced. You keep saying this. You keep saying this and then you meet Ginny again. You'll be reminded why Ginny is as good a character as any. Oh, God. I love December. Get out of here. Awesome. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. There's no other character like her. <laughs> Moving on. I don't know yeah. if you had more points on that chapter. I didn't really have many points on that chapter. Yeah. 
Okay, so just to backtrack. So before that, before he even gets to the prefect's bathroom, everything kind of gasses down, you know, after the Yubo or whatever. Hermione gets back to her normal self, low maintenance. You know, she's a good role model for many girls. You don't have to be jazzed up every day. Just be low maintenance, Hermione. Love that. Yeah. yeah. But then also, the way, um, you know how we were talking about JKR setting things up and then she introduces that Professor Grubbly Plank or whatever who oh, factors yes, in, yeah. in book five yeah. or whatnot. Yeah. And then obviously Rita Skeeter and her horribleness printing that story that she printed. But then I love that Hermione is still a student at heart because even though Pro- Harry and Ron don't like Professor Grubbly Plank, Hermione can still appreciate that Professor Grubbly Plank actually gave them a good lesson and they actually yeah, learned They're actually something getting taught something. Yeah, instead of the, the, the hilarity, like the whole class for a moment, every time they went to... They went to um, the Care of Magical Creatures class. Yeah. They were united in their horror. Literally. Literally. I was just <laughs> <No>, like... United <laughs> in their horror. So Hermione just happening. like, thank God we finally got to learn something. And then there was just a, a little moment that I loved where Dumbledore comes to visit Hagrid. And then they're all talking to Hagrid. And then Ron, um, Harry calls Rita Skeeter a cow. And he looks to Dumbledore and then Dumbledore is like, I've gone momentarily deaf. So it's like, I love the way that he understands obviously that they're teenagers. They're never going to be talking in a politically correct way all the time. They're going to yeah, swear yeah. and whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I just, I just thought I would, I would highlight that before we kind of move on from the moment when Harry Gate gives away the bloody tool to bloody Moody. Anyway, he didn't know. He That's- didn't know. Does Harry get it back at the end of the book? I think he does because obviously in that stage car, Dumbledore, I remember, actually goes, what map? Yeah. Yeah, they have it when they're trying to find the room of request. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he still has the map. But Mm. then Dobby comes to the rescue for the second task because even though Harry knows the freaking clue, he doesn't know how to go underwater and use it. And this is why this, uh, competition was meant for people who had more ed- uh, magical education. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's true. The because that the, uh, the, f- the three older ones. Yeah. It didn't even care to Hermione. Exactly. Because yeah. they knew, like Cedric knew how to do the bubble charm. Even Crumb mm. had the magical ability now to to transfigure to, himself a bit into... Uh, which, which was something they were not going to learn until later. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But then I was going to ask your thoughts on how the second task... I know it's emphasized that they were never gonna they were never in danger like ron harry yeah. I mean, yeah. hermione whatever but yeah just it kind of just endangers kids lives like what if really something had gone wrong even if they were not no, gonna die no 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 <laughs> no i and i and i actually said i found my boy harry so annoying like how can he think that this like uh dumbledore is like ron said actually how can you think dumbledore would let the, the other students be in danger there was never any danger of them, but I think Harry was in a different mindset when he of course, there. of course, yeah, his mindset course. was like you know, all about moral fiber. Mm, <laughs> mm. But yeah, but it was more in the sense that I just thought it was funny that they always seem to endanger kids, though. Like, wh- wh- <laughs> yes. but why did they need to do that? Like, <laughs> it's Hogwarts <laughs> School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Oh. But then also just Let I know you, Dumbledore. Mm. 
but also just to annoy you more. What are your thoughts on Ron being the thing that Harry would miss the most? Because obviously, technically, Crumb wouldn't have had anyone else significant that the story would have made sense to have mm. as the thing he misses the most. Because like Flood Delacour, they use his sister. Yeah, yeah, and for Cedric Cho and whatever. But yeah, what did mm. you think about Ron being the? He didn't mind. It was it made sense or? Just a passing. Reluctantly, mm. it made You wanted sense. it to be Hermione, didn't you? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad she made it wrong. I'm really, really glad. Because all your shippers' hearts. <laughs> Reluctantly, it made sense. All you yes. shippers, all you shippers out there, you know, all you Harry and, and Hermione shippers. <laughs> Do you know she's just laughing at me? People don't know. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. But then also, there's a Murtown. Like, you know, she, he talks about a square. Oh, why is it feedbacking? Anyway, he talks about like coming up to this place which looked like a square. So I'm like, is there like a mer town? You know, there's like shops. <laughs> like, I'm just there kidding. There might be a community. There's, yes. there's definitely a community. But I just laughed. Yeah. It just sort of made me laugh at the idea of like it being like a square where like there's I don't know. It was just funny the way that JK described it. But yeah, you're what, right. What did, what did Flo uh, do to... I think the Grindelows or something. Because I remember... No, no, Hermione, no. But what has she done? Like, was she... Did she also use the bubble charm? Or what has she... I think she had used the it? bubble charm, but she panicked when the Grindelows ah, attacked her. Ah, so, yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Harry, you're right. He did read too much into the clue and that made him not win. And as usual, Harry being a hero... That's what happens when you do things last minute. He did not listen to that clue very much. That is true. That is true. And then that it's Dumbledore, though. Like, it's his school. What if three, four, four, stu- four other students die huh? for the sake of a competition? That's true. That's yeah. true. But then after- <laughs> if the competitor actually dies in the process <laughs> of trying to do and drowns or something. That is but, true. That yeah. is true. But it's also funny, isn't it, that Ron afterwards, his love for the spotlight he like takes a bit of it. He takes a bit of the, the the attention as well because you know I think people are now asking them like, oh, how did you feel being underwater or whatever? And like, oh god, I'm just like wrong. The story was changing, like you know, <laughs> the first two times they told they told it the way it happened. And then the subsequent times, Ron was adding, embellishing like all Literally. these other details into it. Oh, yes, God. he was kidnapped. He said he was fighting the the mad people. Oh. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I, this one I had things, but I don't really think they're necessary to say. Besides, Sirius Black. Like after that, like after the task, they go and meet Sirius, and he's obviously yeah. you know assessing things and playing detect like detective, and you know he. That's when he talks about his assessment. Oh, my camera is off center. Sorry. He, that's when he talks about his assessment of like Crouch Senior being like, you know, the way he treats his inferiors and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. also, I, I, I thought it was interesting though that Crouch story kind of reminds me of how parents that have like kids that might identify as, you know, part of the LGBTQ community kind of thing mm-hmm. react when, you know, for them, like in this case, let's say, for example, he was very much against death eaters and then his son yeah. turned out to be a death eater kind of thing like i think in our modern context for me anyway i would think like a lot of parents that would then have their child come to them and come out or whatever mm. Mm. their reaction thank god most parents reactions aren't as bad as crouch's reaction would be because hello yeah but yeah. just kind of I, I equated it to our modern context of like having like parents that are so anti this and then it turns out their child is the exact same thing how do you react what do you do do you now just yeah. flip your views again do you 
love your child and embrace them kind of thing. Of which Crouch obviously sentenced no. his son to pretty much Crouch die. Crouch does not embrace anything. Yeah. It was just, it was just not, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Crouch yeah. does not embrace anything that does, does not follow the law the way the law should be followed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I was going to speak to that scene as well, uh, thinking that how could Sirius not like uh, pick up on the Kakarov part showing uh, that he was showing because um, Harry explains to yes that's true I serious that Kakarov was showing uh, Snape something that was on his left forearm the death knock on the left, left arm? forearm left, left forearm. forearm left forearm but I feel like Harry was a bit vague as well the, the okay let's you watch your talking yeah. I'll look at it I'll look at yeah. the chapter but in the context of all the clues that they had managed to put together you know I, I don't know how he didn't even guess. Like, you know, and then, um, and the fact that he's also in the Order of the Phoenix. Was he not in the Order of the Phoenix? He was. Kakarov was, was serious. No, 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 serious. Yeah, no, serious was. Yeah, yeah, he but was. Some inside the information he knows as well. Yeah. That is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to find the part where he says Kakarov. Um, Did I put a knot? No, I didn't. Me too. It is after the second task, yeah? Yeah, it's Padfoot returns the chapter. Um, yeah, you should have seen Snape's face when Karkaroff turned up. It's page 461. When mm. Karkaroff turned up in potions yesterday, um, Karkaroff wanted to talk to Snape. He says Snape's been avoiding him. Karkaroff looked really worried. He showed Snape something on his arm. Ah, JK. JK, man, JK knows we're going to be analyzing and being like, what, what? But either yeah. way, it should have been enough of a hint, though, for someone that knows too, about too Dark serious, Marks. right? Yeah. Especially if they're considering that, you know, things were not right and all these other clues that they put together. Yeah. And then Sirius says, he showed Sa- Snape something on his arm, said Sirius, looking frankly bewildered. Yeah. He, well, I have no idea what's that ab- what that's about. But I suppose Sirius wouldn't understand that the dark mark disappears or at least it reappears or maybe they didn't. But they knew that the dark mark, that dark mark was on... Because um, he even... Doesn't Sirius... Isn't Sirius the person that even says to Harry that um, Kakarov was involved with dark wizards in the mm-hmm, past or something? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like they had all the clues and they just were blind to it or it just it was the fact that Sirius didn't know that Sever, Snape was also a death eater well, he, either, he probably didn't know either one of them either Kakarov or because yeah, yeah, Kakarov could have been yeah. involved with Dark Wizards like how Ludo was kind of involved wow. with Dark Wizards but I he wasn't it. that about Ludo like when I kind of, was into the passive <laughs> and I actually forgot to because I that scene in the movie is nothing like how it is in the book I mean yeah. In the movie, it's literally like a tenth of what happens in the book, but it's fine. <laughs> get to that when we get to it. But you're right. You're right. Um, but I did love generally just seeing Sirius again. It's kind of sad that, you know, he's still very much living that convict life. You know, he's not able to be free well, and stuff. Yeah, his clothes. I'm like, could he get clothes? Exactly. I just thought, mm, that's a bit sad. Can he, like, um, it's not like he could... Put a disillusionment charm or something yeah, on yeah. his face. Go into a town, like an inconspicuous town. Or but maybe, in, in, into, is it because I'm he didn't even, have a wand? Perhaps? Huh? Maybe he didn't have a wand at this point in the story? 
Because at this uh, point, guy is not yet initiated back into society by living at the serious black residence or whatever. That's why he's still hopping around. And then once they re-establish the Order of the Phoenix, he's able to kind of oh, go okay, back maybe. into society. But maybe, obviously, he's yeah. still living under the shadows. So it's a bit... Yes, he's living in a cave. Oh, <laughs> not So bad. I'm like, Dumbledore, is that the play- best place that you have Ugh. in all your years? You don't have somewhere he can go and hide? That's a bit more... I know. Livable? But I suppose that's why he's still in communications with Sirius. Like, as in, yeah. they're figuring out a plan. Dumbledore, this man, I want to be in his mind. I will yeah. repeat this at the end whenever he says whatever. I just want to be in Dumbledore's mind. <laughs> How could JK create a character that literally to this day is still a mystery? He's still a mystery. Like, wow. Like, like just, the way he... He was a, a master chess player. like Literally, yeah. literally. And he's yeah. still just an enigma to this day. We would just, yes. we can feel, fill in all the gaps, but it will never be enough because Dumbledore mm. is just on another level. Yes. That's why I love the Dumbledore is death theory, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Either Dumbledore is what theory? Oh, as death? Like yes. as ah, Snape, ah. Uh, Voldemort and Harry being the three brothers and then Dumbledore yes. is death and whatever not. Oh, okay. Anyway, the Daily Prophet. Readers yep. literally send Hermione acid bombs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like what? What? And the fact that <laughs> when 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 uh, Mrs. Weasley comes to visit, and the way she treats Hermione, that uh, Harry's like, we're not together. You pause for a second. Actually, funny enough. What you read, Prophet, wasn't true. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. Mrs. Grizzly warms up to Hermione again. I'm like, wow. <laughs> but you know, isn't it funny? Was she invested in Hermione as someone who liked Ron, or she just like she just didn't like no, what no, Hermione no. I think was, it was doing? More like uh, you, you, you used my like you know ad- adopted adopt, adopted son or uh, someone who okay. you as a okay. son. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So I was like. Was she and already she probably invested? didn't expect someone like Hermione to do something like that. That is true. That is true. But it was kind of funny that I was like, this woman is Weasley. <laughs> anyway, but then Nifflers are introduced and they're actually obviously yes. factual. I always thought Nifflers were a fantastic beast invention. Me too. Me too. No, I'm like, then why is in Hagrid the, um, what do you call it? The fantastic beast catcher. Exactly right. Oh, God. <laughs> JK missed an opportunity to bring our boy back. But then I also thought it was kind of sad, like what you kept saying about Ron. This is another illustration of like how he's frustrated with being poor. And, you know, he once again makes Harry feel guilty for having money, unfortunately. I had to highlight that. Even though, like, I love Ron, I still think it's an irritating trait, like you said. You know, it, mm-hmm. you, he can't keep bringing up things that Harry has no control over. He... Yes. He doesn't have control that his parents left him money. I, I think it was coming to a head. Mm. Like, you know, eventually they had to kind of first deal with it. Like, uh, like you know, deal with all these insecurities. Yes. Yeah. 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 Rather, yeah. rather n- now, before things get hectic, now that Voldemort has come back, you can't be going through all that, you know, you are rich and my family is pure, poor kind of thing. Yes, yeah. that's true. That's true. And then obviously we have... More hints about Skira being a bit of a bug. There's literally the word bug used in one of the sentences in this chapter, but then it becomes more apparent to Hermione later. Like, oh, that is pretty much how she could be going around. <laughs> when she, you know, when they're in the um, hospital wing, yes. and 
people are talking on that other side and Hermione, they just hear Hermione like like a snap that, or something. It's you like a beautiful head, moment. Like, you should have squashed that part. It literally was a beautiful moment between Miss Weasley and and Harry and Hermione just had to catch Rita Skeeter. Like she's like, whatever, Harry, with your tears, I'm gonna catch yes, this bug. Yes, yes. <laughs> but also, I loved Crumb being jealous and like wanting yes. to validate from Harry that he doesn't like Hermione or whatever. Like the golden mm. comedy moments in this book about like people just misunderstanding each other, then coming to the realization. Oh, I'm like, so Crumb, was it that deep? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess it was. To him, probably, but to Hermione, no. Hermione's like, boy, I just kind of wanted to explore the other side of myself. This isn't that deep. I'm trying to live my best life, exactly. but I've got this other exactly. best friend who just won't let me leave. Exactly. <laughs> but then also. Exactly, right? Shut up. Shut up. Thank but then also, Crouch's madness for me in this because mm. this is the chapter that talks about crouch madness but you can go on whatever points if i'm going on random circles for you no yeah actually uh, what you're talking will right. lead us into okay the, cool yeah so i just thought it was done so well in the sense that you know it's baffling to see him talking to percy right it's mm. it's, it's off-putting because harry knows about the imperious curse but he's never really seen it in practice he's never seen how it works so the yeah. switch between per, uh, crouch being conscious and mm-hmm. wanting to say, I want to talk to Dumbledore. And then him just going quickly, like switching over. Is this like, oh, that's like disconcerting for someone that doesn't know what, what, what's going on. Right. Yeah. Cause when, um, Patty, uh, junior was showing them in class, he was using it on, on, um, oh, he did kind of cast it on, on them, but it's, it's like, but they never but really seen it used to... in a sinister way. Like the way yes, it was used yes, obviously yes. it was not used very well and oh obviously God, snape is so in the imperious curse on the students i know yeah. i know it's so weird yeah sorry but continue no, no i was just done i was just gonna say like snape chose the wrong moment to, to try to go harry because crouch probably could have lived actually if it hadn't yeah. been for snape delaying harry to get to dumbledore and exactly you know, yeah but yeah yeah that's all i had on that on that particular point about i Crouch's don't think Crouch, snape would even acknowledge that he had any part in delaying uh crouch getting help yeah man it, it snape. is man that wow like book snape and film snape very different in a way ah not very different totally <laughs> different what are you talking about mate <laughs> God, oh, Alan Rickman wow. gave that guy like so much more redemption than he deserved. Like, yes, so much yes. more redemption. Um, well, uh, moving on from that, going on to um, when Harry goes to Dumbledore's office mm-hmm, and finally gets mm-hmm. into Dumbledore's yeah. office, and he finds the pensive. Uh, actually, before you go on that, because that's actually pensive. So I was just going to say that's one chapter ahead of what I had. Just two seconds. I was going to mm. note. Did you notice that? Um, once again, Moody gave Harry the hint to work with Ron and Hermione to practice because just before that, the, the chapter before that, so I'm trying to find what that, why is so significant? Why did I note it down? It's the, the chapter of the dream when Harry dreams because before he goes to Dumbledore's office, he actually mm-hmm. has the dream about Voldemort revealing that Wormtail, worm, ugh, God, I can't speak. Wormtail failed yeah. to control uh, Crouch then mm-hmm. he dreams about seeing that moment right so anyway before mm-hmm. that 
when he then he goes to Moody's office, I think, to talk to him about what happened with Crouch and whatever. And then once again, obviously, Moody drops hints. He's like, oh, you know, you should probably practice with Hermione and, and Ron for the third task. This being him wanting to obviously direct Harry to practice the hexes and the whatever he's going to need in the maze so that he can at least survive ah, the maze. So that's yes. his way once again of like guiding Harry in the right direction, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. guiding him to do that. But then also, I think in that point, I said fudge before we get to the pensive even is literally showing his true colors as the one of the worst ministers for magic ever being a stubborn mm. person because he ignores the truth because at this time i think dumbledore is trying to drive him to understand that crouch something is wrong with crouch and ah yes fudge is like no we can't get that out into the public the public doesn't need to know that kind of thing so mm. yeah i just mm. thought those mm. were very interesting points that i feel like dumbledore on. shouldn't have been surprised but he, he, i think for him he was like nobody can be this stupid yes also dumbledore reserving his power to be honest because yes. he could easily take over the magical world if he wanted to so. yeah yeah but but he I had to that's why he went and became a teacher hiding oh my god that's why you should watch but crimes he, of grindelwald he's, jude law he's <gasps> kind of in the best place he's forming and molding the minds of the future that that's true most of them will, ha- will have loyalty towards dumbledore yes when they go into this uh positions and places where they can actually you know provide him with some level of power. That's and that's why that's why he was smart because the Order of the Phoenix was full of students, former students. Yes, yes. he had molded them. And yes. yeah, anyway, I think his greatest failure would probably be, besides his own personal failures, would probably be Voldemort, like not turning Voldemort away from the dark side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to think about Voldemort having been one of his own pupils, yeah. Anyway, I will get to that. I just thought of like how that might be a regret. For Voldemort, for Dumbledore, at some point, or maybe did he think it was fate, like it was inevitable kind of thing? Maybe I think that I think there's a point that he kind of gives up. Maybe not gives up, but he can see that he is Tom Riddle is beyond Redemption. his help. Yeah, when in 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 the second book, uh, when they're showing the past, um, the the past where. Where Tom Brito claims yes. that Hagrid brought in the the yeah, in in Chamber of Secrets, like when yeah, the, yeah Chamber of yeah. Secrets, yeah, 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 and yeah, I think Dumbledore kind of sees that, yeah, he's beyond him, like mm. it's above him now. That's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> anyway, so you can keep going about the pensive. Sorry for having uh, so yeah. So um, so when uh Harry gets into Dumbledore's office, Dumbledore and crew leave because they need to go and you know help um crouch and everything and then uh dumbledore says he did not close his cardboard properly maybe he didn't but now i'm over over analyzing everything that that dumbledore does did he leave that door kind of open but how would he know that harry was gonna come to him yeah because dumbledore has lived multiple lives (laughs) (laughs) i feel like he's gone through the first with the timeline thing, maybe he's gone through different timelines because the way some of the ways ways he was reacting in the previous book when they were in when he was in Hagrid's heart and he would call back Mr. Fudge, oh you didn't sign this, mm-hmm. you didn't do that. Like he knew like there was something else happening outside. That man, that, that man. man, that man. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I'm proud first of all of Harry 
that he's learned not to touch anything that he doesn't know, anything magical Wait, that he doesn't know. You, you think kind of hesitates? Oh, you think that hesitation is? <laughs> Oh my god, so he you're actually commending him for hesitating, even though he actually he, he, he ended he up still. He looked at it, he observed <laughs> it, and whatnot. And then, because curiosity got the best of him, my boy just, you know, oh you know him, god. you know him, but oh he hesitated. God. Literally, you actually commended him for I'm hesitating. Gonna, gonna give him his flowers for hesitating. Because I love it because even all I thought was Harry once again goes, Professor. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to touch it. I didn't mean to touch it. Like, well, why were you even looking at it in the first place? Anyway, anyway, sorry. Keep going. Oh, he's <laughs> Before yeah, we actually go on, that meme. Uh-huh. That, meme that meme with um, Tony Hawk, like uh, if it was a race war. If oh. uh, a race war ever happened, <laughs> and someone was like, you know. Um, they have a Wesley Snipes. Uh, West, I, I don't know what movie he was in, and he's holding a gun towards him, and he's got tears. Mm-hmm. And then Tony Hawk responds to the meme like, "You know, I appreciate that you hesitate." That is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, if but um, just Harry finding out that Snape was a Death Eater from the Kakarot trial. Then we have Bagman's trial and all the connections between the Death Eaters mm-hmm. and Crouch Junior's trial as well um and i'm just glad that he actually did go in the pensive because all this information i feel like dumbledore would never actually tell him until dumbledore felt it was it's time necessary. to tell yeah. harry yeah yeah but you see it's you not even to control the narrative with harry but you see it's not even about like dumbledore then telling him it also wouldn't it would have been such a clunky exposition because already there's going to be an exposition with crouch at the end revealing the truth about you know the whole his plan and whatever right so i think it was a good i I wrote it as the pensive being like a good narrative device to allow for flashbacks because that's what allows for flashbacks in book six because jk doesn't really do flashbacks in her books because the reason why i bring it up is game of thrones had the same problem they really struggled to find a way to do flashbacks in their show because they didn't want to just do random you know sometimes in shows they just flashbacks but they they just there like they're not really utilized in their best way so in game of thrones for example they have brand be the way to do flashbacks right his dreams and whatever whatever in in season six and then in this one this is the perfect way to do a flashback a dream memory whatever well that you have and you have harry going to the past and finding out so much more information that had someone been saying it it wouldn't have as much impact because crouch at the end saying that, oh, I did this, I did that. It's kind of like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because we've already kind of lived through the moments. If he had just said, oh my God, I went to do this, I went to do that, but we've never seen the moments happen, it wouldn't have as much impact. So uh, that's why for me, I had to highlight it. When I say that Dumbledore didn't tell me, I didn't mean it in like him, like verbally, like have verbal diarrhea kind of mm-hmm. all that he could still talk him through the pensive which mm-hmm. is what he does okay in, okay in book six mm-hmm. but the fact that he wants wants to control how much information harry finds out that's time. true that's yeah. true that's so true. he can control harry's reaction yeah but I, I also thought i don't know what you thought exactly about the like the way that the wizarding world seemed to be reacting crouch obviously being at the time, the lead prosecutor, and it, yeah, there was just a fever for justice. So a lot of these, I wonder if some of these prosecutions, uh, 
prison sentences, even Auntie Siri says, crowd just chucked me into jail. There was hardly a trial. I was just found mm. at the scene. Mm. Nobody bothered to investigate. So mm. I just wonder like how much of that fever for justice drove some of these persecutions because prosecutions because as much as yes they were death eaters but they were the ludo bagmans of it all who just conspired with the wrong people to get ahead of the pack but and they, he only got off because the he was a, a quidditch player, player and the audience was upset that he was exactly yeah. but then yeah. there's also people that were maybe tied into this if you think i think later on stan shanpike or something He's one of those characters that's like, he's not a death eater. He was just more controlled to be a death eater. Maybe they threatened his family or something like that. So yeah. I just wonder like how much of a, a process was done because one of the things I love about the fan fictions I've read, they've gone into this. After the war, what do you do? How do you prosecute a Draco Malfoy whose family was bad? And yes, he might have tried to kill Dumbledore, but this was all co- coercion because yes. his family was under threat of death from Voldemort. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually end up doing anything really that harmed anybody yeah. how do you deal with that so i don't know i just thought it was very very interesting but then also you have the neville longbottom's parents narrative going on where the world is literally shocked as to how much torture they underwent and mm. it's literally like how do you deal with that and it also happens to be the son of the top minister kind of thing like who's touted to be the minister for magic like how yes, what yeah, do you do yeah. Yeah, i just thought that yeah. was very, very interesting, like how you can take that and go on and on with it about justice and all of that as well. So, yeah. And obviously Bellatrix makes a very infamous appearance and then she's later yes, actually introduced. Yes, they I never say her that. name. I love that because then it, in book five, it's like probably going to be more of like, because I don't remember how in book five she comes along. Yeah. I remember in the movie, but not in the book. So I'm really interested. I don't to know. remember how they get rescued from Azkaban. In, in the movie, they show Azkaban, which is hinted at, by the way, when yeah. um, Voldemort says, oh, we're going to break everybody out of Azkaban. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but in the movie, they show a scene of Azkaban being like literally bombarded or whatever. By yeah, yeah, but in the book, I can't remember. Yeah, but I think in the yeah. book, we probably meet her at the end. Because I don't know. Probably, I'm just trying to think, because how else would we meet her in book five? Yeah. Anyway, I guess we have to see. But I did have a meme to show you. So that you can laugh at it. I, I I will probably be able to share this on the Instagram page at one point. But for now, we'll just have to show you and have you cackle. So this is what someone imagined would happen were you to walk in on people in the pensive. <laughs> I, I looked at it. Just, I saw it. I'll just come back later then. <laughs> Because they don't go into the pensive. They're just there in, with their heads dunked into the oh freaking pensive. That is hilarious. You have to share that. I would definitely try to remember to share it. But anyway, I just think, because I was wondered, so does your whole body go in? And then I remembered, no, it's just your face. And then, face. yeah. It's like a, so is it what, like a spirit type thing that, like your. I feel like your face goes in and part of your mind gets absorbed into that okay. so that you're also in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I, I I don't know if you had more on that. I just thought it was interesting that um, Dumbledore, when like he's essentially putting the pieces of his theory together, when mm-hmm. like Harry also then reveals his dream, like because this is that's why I mentioned the dream chapter because when Harry has the dream, he now heads to Dumbledore's office, office to tell him about the dream, and yeah. then Dumbledore kind of like keeps quiet whilst Harry's telling him, contemplating. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. that the connection between Harry and and Voldemort is being revealed, yeah. I want now 
like Dumbledore's gears are turning because this ties into the flaw in the plane chapter in book five. I always remember the title of that chapter because that is when Dumbledore reveals that for a long time, Harry was just a pawn in the game and then things changed. So mm-hmm. at this point, Dumbledore is just still thinking the pieces are fitting. I'm a little soldier. Yeah. Anyway. My toy soldier. <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to everyone who had to listen That's to That's that. all good. But from this point on, the story literally rolls like so fast because we're up to the third task. We're up mm. to the third task. And it's like, whoa. That's so quick. I don't know what thoughts you have on the third task. Uh I actually kind of skipped through the that <laughs> task and into them being pot kid too. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, before yeah, that, yeah. for me, the, uh, the points I had, I think you probably, if I say them, you probably be able to speak I, I more feel like to the them. things that I had before that we've already talked about, like Molly coming to watch the last task mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being upset with, uh, with Hermione about, yeah, yeah. I think, okay, outside of that, then what I had more was how Rita Skeeter's articles start having like a rippling effect like later on on fudge because i think just before this another article comes out about harry being deranged and whatever and that mm. feeds into one of the reasons in quotation marks stupid that fudge uses to say to dumbledore why are you believing this kid that you know is potentially deranged and whatever so they have like a very bad rippling effect on what yeah. happens in the future but then also i love when hermione gets her little aha moment when she figures out what rita skeeter is exactly but she yeah. still needs to go to the library to confirm it yep classic hermione love 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 that and what i think was it uh, again i remind me i feel like i was kind of oh it was just know, like her realizing that um, when Ron talks about or Harry talks about bugging, like they ah. they're talking, and then he's like, "Oh, it, it's not like you could be bugged, could you?" And then Hermione's, like, "Oh, like I told you, there's no mic, you know, walkie talkies or whatever." And then she she has the moment where she like runs her hair, th- her hand through her hair, or whatever, and then later on she reveals ah. that she was yeah, figuring out could she, when yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's oh, I think those are all the points that I had on that, but. It was just more interesting what you like, you know, the Weasley, like you said, we've already talked about it. But I think for me, the biggest takeaway was Flo and Bill having a moment. <laughs> Flo, <laughs> that's, when, that's when Flo and Bill notice each other. Yeah, that's, yeah. You see, that's why I had to go through chapter by chapter because I was like, there are things that I would not want to miss. What so that? let me go to the page. So the Weasleys come and then he goes... And meets them in the room. My man, Bill Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says, um, wait, where did I see? I, I remember actually, I thought I marked this out. Floor Delacour. Henry and Henry Harry noticed was eyeing Bill with great interest over her mother's shoulder. Page five thirty-five. Harry could tell she had no objections whatsoever to long hair or earrings with fangs on them. <laughs> and I was like, wow. "Oh, this is when when the when the interest in in each other starts, or at least the interest from Fleur's part." Yeah, with the Bill. So, yeah. And then I see there's a part here on page five. Um... Where was it? 
I don't know. That's not it. No. <laughs> I think they were applauding. Oh, oh, okay. but, but I did realize when uh, Flo and Bell uh, meet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why I was surprised too. I didn't know. I was like, oh, no, okay. It was yeah, just a passing line and it could have literally yeah. just been like, but it was there. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. JK actually. And that's what JK does. Yeah. Like, just this one line and you don't think much of it. Like, yeah. until you get yeah. to the next book, like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. That's true. She that's set true. that up before. But I think with you, like, you got, I'm the same. I didn't really focus too much on the tasks themselves, like the tasks and the things that happened within the maze. What I yeah. did want to ask you though is, would you have been able to figure out the riddle? Had you been the one in the maze? The riddle from yeah, the, the riddle again. Okay. So at page five, four, six is where the riddle is said. So the Sphinx says, first think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells naught but lies. Next, tell me what's always the last thing to mend, the middle of middle and the end of end of the end. And finally, give me the sound often heard during the search for a hard to find word. Now string them together and answer me this. Which creature would you be unwilling to kiss? Nope. Literally, when Harry was and figuring it out, in considering, in considering how stressful it was in the maze, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even good <laughs> at riddles. If you'd, if you'd uh, gotten to the Sphinx, uh, like it was the first thing you saw, still fresh in your mind mm-hmm. before going through all that, yes, maybe, but I've never been good at riddles. <laughs> I would say, I would, I could say the first part you could probably figure it out. First, think you of the person 545 546. First, think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets. That's definitely a spy. Now that I, I know how Harry did his deduction, that makes sense. And the R part, I get that when you're trying to search for a hard-to-find word, R. But the middle of the middle and the, the end, end of the end. end, how does he figure that out? And give me the... And finally, give me the sound often heard during the search for a hard-to-find word. And he says, spy, uh, spy, uh, spider. But how does he figure out? He seems to fumble through the middle part. Harry's initial initial, uh, reaction, Harry gaped at her. (laughs) (laughs) Tinashe, oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) this is this reaction as well when McGonagall tells him about the UFO. Oh like, my god! <laughs> Leave the poor kid alone, okay? Like this year is not like uh, he's not living his best life. Yes, 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 yes. But I suppose we can now move on to the nightmare. Literally, I said the encounter in the graveyard is the stuff of nightmares. The stuff of nightmares. I uh I actually had to Google because I'm like, why didn't uh Cedric why didn't they get back to the porky? But the way the movie changes that scene, mm-hmm. it creates mm-hmm. the plot holes. Mm-hmm. The book doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the book doesn't because it, it, it happens immediately. Exactly. Like they, they they get porky to the um graveyard. Um they're trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. It's a porky. Mm-hmm. Where are we? And then that's when Voldemort and and, and Wormtail come along. And Wormtail doesn't even have time to look at a gravestone exactly, at all. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 really like I, I honestly just felt so sad just to think like that is not how anyone would have expected their their day to go. Right, like Cedric. Yes. Poor Harry. Like 
<laughs> from then on, I'm like, poor Harry. Poor Harry. You know, I just thought yeah. poor Cedric. Because what a yeah. way to go. He didn't even know why he died. He just died. Exactly. Exactly. And it was just collateral damage. Yeah, and then Harry is so desperate to have Voldemort die. You know, that moment leading up to his body coming yes. out, he's just like, yes. let it die, let it die, let it die. Let it drown yeah, drown. Well. I'm like, it's not going to happen oh, that way, baby. Yeah. But then Voldemort's God complex, that man and his God complex. Mm. Voldemort is crazy. He's just so arrogant. Yes. So he's he literally invented his own backstory. He like, Took his backstory, divided it up, said, I don't like this part. I don't like this part. I'm going to take this part and that's going to be who I am. Like yes, your mother, yes. love potioned your father. Mm. Obviously, your father would not have been very happy to find that out. And yes, anyway, so. I, I think it. what else didn't help was his life at the orphanage. Definitely. 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 Yeah. That definitely did not help. But then look at Harry. But, can I, but look at I Harry. My, um, can I do my eulogy? Oh, of course. You do your eulogy. Is this to Cedric? Yes. <laughs> um, I'm seeing part of the eulogy here, and I don't remember why I say that. There's a reason I, why I say that. But anyway, here lies... Cedric Dick. I'm gonna do it now because when when we get to the part where we actually are uh, saying goodbye to yep. Cedric, when they in the, that was a sad moment for me. I actually uh, felt dude, some pain, me yeah. too. So I, I'm gonna I do it now before yeah, it gets dark. Okay, yeah, <laughs> even darker. Um, here lies Cedric Diggory. Should have listened to Harry. Kill order, kill order given by a shriveled up LV Avada Kedavra by a red cord Wemtel. Rest in peace. Rest in power, Cedric Diggory. Oh my and hello, God. Edward Cullen. Oh my God. You should put this in like a little, those Instagram type word things and like put it on our page because, oh my God. Oh my God. What profound words they are. I especially loved how you said you should have listened to Harry. But seriously, I swear to God. What did I say that? I can't remember. It's something I read, I think. But I think it's because. But no, no. If he had listened to Harry, he would have gotten the cup. And then he would have gone to the graveyard and then he would have died either way. No, no, and nobody no. would me, have known how to get him back. back. Let me go back to that. But just imagine if he had gotten to the cup and then Harry had died. I mean, and then he had gone ahead of Harry. And then he I just feel like died. I, uh, what's his name? Medaimud would have. Bati. Would have prevented that from happening. I suppose. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true because he was watching. Either way, Harry would suffer from a lot of guilt. He would suffer from a lot of guilt. That's one thing that all of the feelings doesn't touch on, the guilt that Harry feels from Cedric. Because had Harry not said, let's touch it together, you best believe Cedric would still be alive. Yes. Have you found out? No, I, I don't know why I say that, but I'm not sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Moving on, though. Mm. How? I think I already said this part. Like, I didn't like how Stephen Fry, this Stephen, Stephen Fry's take on LV's voice. Lord okay, Roman's let's, voice. can we, you I'm going to play it. it I'm going to play it. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to play it because I really do not remember because like I was moment, playing it. It like, when, was, when he's talking to the death eaters, he sounds 
normal, like a normal. And then when he's, there's some moments before the death itch has arrived. And I'm like, why is okay. he talking like that? Because I was playing this at 140 speed. So let's just see me, how. Me, me too, at some point in time, I did that. The fingers, his, who was lifted off the ground. Hold out your arm, said Voldemort lazily. Oh, master. Thank you, master. He extended the bleeding stump, but Voldemort laughed again. The that other arm, Wormtail. Master, please. If the death eaters are about to come. Voldemort bent down and pulled out Wormtail's left arm. He forced the sleeve of Wormtail's robes up past his elbow. No, he talks a bit and before Harry that. Saw some oh, no. But... Hold out your arm. It's the headstone where Harry was tied. He fell to the foot of it and lay there, crumpled up and crying. Voldemort turned his scarlet eyes upon Harry, laughing a high, cold, mirthless laugh. Wormtail's robes were shining with blood now. He had wrapped the stump of his arm in them. My lord, he choked. My lord, you promised, you did promise. Hold out your arm. What, said what, Voldemort. Where, where do you think he talked before that? That's, oh, master, that's the first time he talks. He extended the bleeding stump, but Voldemort laughed again. Okay, and Wormtail let out a friend after stay away. It's... He removed his fingers from Wormtail's mark, and Harry saw that it had turned jet black. A look of cruel satisfaction on his face, Voldemort straightened up, threw back his head, and stared around at the dark graveyard. How many will be brave enough to return when they feel it? He whispered, his gleaming red eyes fixed upon the stars. And how many will be foolish enough to stay away? He began to pace up and down before Harry and Wormtail, eyes sweeping the graveyard all the while. After a minute or so, he looked down at Harry again, a cruel smile twisting his snake-like face. You stand, Harry Potter, upon the remains of my late father. I think it was his feet. A muggle and a fool. Very like your dear mother. But they both had their uses, did they not? Your mother died to defend you as a child, and I killed my father. And see how useful he has proved himself in death. Voldemort. I apologize, Stephen Fry. It sounded something like cartoonish. Ah, okay. The moment when when, when uh, Lord Voldemort's voice sounded cartoonish, mm. comical. Okay, yeah. okay. But, but personally, I just thought, obviously, the whole Death Eater stuff, it's kind of like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But it, I think I was removed from it because I was just wanting to get to this next one where the priory incantatum happens and Harry gets to see his parents literally for, like, the first time. As a full-grown boy, like Harry was lucky that their spells connected. Honestly, dude, dude, yeah. he could have died, and he had to expel Yamas the hell out of that place. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, I don't know about you. When you're listening to it in the audiobook, did it? I, it gave me so much emotion when mm. Stephen Fry was describing the Phoenix song, the, the song of hope. You know, he yeah. had. JKR set this up t- for Harry to literally have no chance of escaping. There was no mm. one on his side. There was no port key. That was, I mean, the port key was there as the cup, but it was so far away from him yep. at that time. There was just no chance of him being saved by anybody. Then it was just up to him, literally, to save himself. And that yeah. connection—it's one of the most organic connections. Like for me, for Harry and Voldemort, in terms of how they're essentially 
you know, connected by that weird Horcrux thing. Mm. Most villain hero stories tend not to have that good of a connection in terms of how the villain and the hero literally depend on each other to survive kind of thing. So when, yeah. the, you know, the connection happens and then, mm-hmm. oh, I just, I could picture, I just like, you know, if there's one thing that I like from the movie, it's that it does, it recreates that priori incantatum thing. Yeah. For us yeah. to at least have a visual understanding of what it would look like. So mm-hmm. I did base it on that, but I was very much surprised that, first of all, Voldemort really doesn't want help from his Death Eaters. They could have just easily killed Harry whilst they were doing whatever they were doing. Yeah. But then it's so sad to just see these spirits, or at least, the I don't know about you, the concept of the spirits surviving, it's kind mm-hmm. of well done. Like the way, the idea of it, like that you've taken someone's soul, so that yep. soul, a remnant of it kind of stays, whether yep. in your wand or the general space, I don't know. But yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. They, you can keep speaking. Yeah, to well, what was your understanding of him being scared of uh, those rem- spirit remnants? Like, I didn't think Voldemort would be scared of that. I think it was probably the first time he'd ever experienced something like that. Because yeah, I think he was yeah. more surprised as well. Could, yeah. Because I think Voldemort, he even says this himself, he didn't account for what happened between Harry and him, his mom, like the love spell that worked. Yes. Yeah. He was just too egotistical to mm. think of mm. some of these things. So I think when the Priory Incantatum spell happened, he was also very much surprised about the ones. He obviously didn't know that their ones had the same core to then yeah. be able to connect. But he also, I think, was just surprised at this form of magic that was not in the realm of the dark arts kind of thing. Because this is yeah. only something that can happen for good because these spirits came and were protecting Harry. They were Harry. not protecting yes. Voldemort. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, oh, so beautiful. I was just like, when his parents are talking... Whilst you're talking, I'm just going to play that. I'm just going to play it. Like I actually said, Harry seeing his parents again be still my beating heart. Literally, <laughs> literally. When he says uh, he knew what was going to come next. Like, mm, he already mm. knew his mom. Oh, yeah. God, let's and see. He, and, and, the, and the theme of his mom, like, uh, that paper throughout the book, like, you know, just his connection to Molly Weasley, Molly mm, Weasley turning up to the school. Mm, mm, um, um, At the end with the hug. In the end, with the hug, like for me, I actually felt more touched when he notices the uh, his mom coming out of the wound and water yes. and walking out. For me, that was my highlight. I don't know, his that's true. Father, me too. His father, yes, his father, yes. But for me, considering how much, how that that his mom is not as mentioned as much as the dad, um, yeah, that touched me more. Mm, yeah, okay. and yeah. I actually think they mention them equally. It's just more that they say. Lily's eyes more than he looks like his but it's father. None of her character, none of what she was. Oh, like you mean the character? Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, and all that. Like we've like at this point, I think we know a lot about James. That's Potter. true. That's, and <laughs> yes. I guess that's why J.K. by book six, she tries to compensate for that by having Slughorn talk about Lily in some way, I suppose, or form or shape. But I was gonna play. Let me just play the chapter, the end bit. With the... He didn't think he could have held on for another moment anyway. He pulled his wand upwards with an... He's okay. going quietly. ...when Cedric had appeared from the wand, knew because the woman appearing flitted around the outside of it, mm. and Voldemort's dead victims whispered as they circled the duellers, whispered words of encouragement to Harry, and hissed words Harry couldn't hear to Voldemort. And now another head was emerging from the tip of Voldemort's wand, and Harry knew when he saw it who it would be. He knew as though he had expected it from the moment when Cedric had appeared from the wand, knew 
because the woman appearing was the one he'd thought of more than any other tonight. The smoky shadow of a young woman with long hair fell to the ground as Bertha had done, straightened up and looked at him. And Harry, his arms shaking madly now, looked back into the ghostly face of his mother. Your father's coming, she said quietly. He wants to see you. It will be all right. Hold on. And he came. First his head, then his body. Tall and untidy-haired like Harry, the smoky, shadowy form of James Potter blossomed from the end of Voldemort's wand, fell to the ground and straightened like his wife. He walked close to Harry, looking down at him, and he spoke in the same distant, echoing voice as the others, but quietly, so that Voldemort, his face now livid with fear as his victims prowled around him, could not hear. When the connection is broken, we will linger for only moments, but we will give you time. You must get to the port key. It will return you to Hogwarts. Do you understand, Harry? Yes! Harry gasped, fighting now to keep a hold on his wand, which was slipping and sliding beneath his fingers. Harry, whispered the figure of Cedric, take my body back, will you? Take my body back to my parents. I will, said Harry, his face screwed up with the effort of holding the wand. Do it now, whispered his father's voice. Be ready to run. Do it now. Now, Harry. But you see, I get you. I think that's why in the movie they emphasize more the mum than the dad. I think maybe JK was like, you know, leaning on the mum a little bit. Because in the movie, definitely, she's the one that talks more than James does. Uh-huh. If I remember correctly. And um, I'm actually glad that Harry was able to take uh, Cedric's body. Yes. Imagine Cedric being left exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Like, mm. dude, Voldemort over here had him carved up, yeah. like, strung along and shown, oh, God, his big yeah. pieces sent to people. I just, yeah. Yeah, I'm really, yeah. so, that's what breaks my heart, that Harry, from this point on, people don't believe him. They think he had a hand in Cedric's death. They don't believe the trauma he went through. They don't believe Voldemort's back. And this poor kid is just like, I literally went through one of the most traumatic experiences in my... I don't know how he's not been admitted to a mental institution by this stage. Anyway. Anyway, well, he survived. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so you go on about your... You seem to have loved the Veritas Serum chapter. I'll let you talk on it more than me. <laughs> or when I they come back. Was, when they come I back. I think we all loved... I, I love the fact that everything kind of went off without a hitch mm. for Lord Voldemort's plan. Like, you know, except, you know... Me, him missing his chance to kill Harry and then um, the almost losing crowd senior part that could have ruined the plan. Um, but again, Harry's relationships with the defense against the Dark Arts teachers, <laughs> like, like Harry should just not have any relationship yeah. with... It's always defense against the dark cards. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Never the only the teacher classes. he didn't really have a close or at least an encounter with because at the end of the day, Umbridge, they didn't have a close relationship like that. It was more in a nightmarish relationship. But Quirrell, they didn't really like interact that much with Quirrell. He was just more uh, like yes. in the background yeah. of the story. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah. that, they did. And it's just a nightmare <laughs> all, yeah. all around. Just a nightmare. It's crazy. 
but yeah, I just you know I thought and I liked how I she found it interesting. Sorry, I found it interesting that um, the only thing that revealed that Batty uh, was an imposter to Dumbledore was the fact that the real Mad Eye, in his excitement, Batty like you know uh, forgot to take the polyjuice portion and all that blah mm-hmm. blah. But in his um, the real Mad Eye, as Dumbledore says. Mm-hmm. After what had happened, mm-hmm. the rumor that would not have removed Harry from mm-hmm. within Dumbledore's vicinity. Yes. Yes. And Dumbledore says, um, I knew as soon as he took you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. why did it take him that long? But I think that's yeah. the thing. I think he suspected. Let's just give Dumbledore his due here and say he has a, an inquisitive mind. He probably now suspected that something was going on. But mm. being Dumbledore as well, he took his time to act on it in some ways. Which is unfortunate for Harry because <laughs> he almost died, my bro. Literally. <laughs> Again. Literally. But I feel like Lord Voldemort would have been upset with Barty uh, Crouch if he'd actually managed to kill Harry. And hey, yeah, yeah. it feeds into the fact that Dumbledore kind of sort of wanted what happened to happen. Because as you know, as you know, <laughs> when Harry tells him what happened... Mm. Dumbledore looked mm. like he had a look of triumph in his eyes. Because now yeah. he Harry knows Harry and, yeah. Dumb- and Voldemort are connected. Mm. There is nothing mm. stopping them. He, his plan is, ah, this man. This man is just too much. It's too much, oh. <laughs> and I was like, poor Betha. She was a girl who knew too much. Ah, but she was. Just the story coming together from what? Yes. Party was revealing when he was under the veritaserum, uh, the effects of the veritaserum. Like, wow, exactly, exactly. Wow, but also, I loved how it said at that moment, like when they break into the office with, with mm. Harry being interrogated by fake, fake Moody. At that moment, Harry fully understood for the first time why people said Dumbledore was the only wizard Voldemort had ever feared. Yes, the look upon yes. Dumbledore's face as he, um, stared down at the unconscious form of Mad Eye was more terrible than Harry could have ever imagined. Yeah, that is very true. Like mm. Dumbledore has this because he's like there was no benign smile upon Dumbledore's face, no twinkle in the eyes behind the spectacles. There was cold fury in every line of the ancient face. A sense of power radiated from Dumbledore as though he was giving off burning heat. So just imagine him in his prime. Yo Mom. Would have been scary. But the part I was talking about was when they go up to the office, which is coming into your favorite chapter, we'll talk about it more. For a fleeting instant, Harry thought he saw a gleam of something like triumph in Dumbledore's eyes. Oh, yeah. And he he explains that um, the protection, Lord Voldemort explains that the protection in Harry uh, from his mother's sacrifice was now in uh, Voldemort as well, meaning that he could touch him, yes. he could heal him, right? Yes. So Dumbledore's so plan is Dumbledore, yeah exactly. So Dumbledore, Dumbledore, when asked by Mrs. Weasley if they could, uh, Harry could come and stay with them instead, he says no. Mm. So I'm like, because the protection is no longer there anymore. So what stops Harry from going back to Privet Drive? So I had to Google, like I had to Google, and and it said, um, in addition to Harry's no uh, Lily's protection. Dumbledore had also anchored some other protection spells. Oh yeah, around Privet yeah, Drive. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's why like, uh, yeah. that 
book five, man. Remember my last. Remember my last. That's why we get the howler that comes to Privet Drive. You see in book five when the Dursleys are about to check out Harry. Mm. Dumbledore sends a howler saying to Petunia, remember my last, because he had told her not to ever let Harry leave Privet Drive until such a time when he needs to go back to school because mm. he had put those wards and those extra protections and he knew that the magic that existed from the love that Lily had would continue on with Petunia. So he couldn't take, the, he, Harry couldn't leave Privet Drive until such a time as it was necessary because of what, like you're saying, Dumbledore had but done then the extra protection. But then had attacked, uh, Harry, at any point whilst he was there, would you, you wouldn't have been able ever? to. You know why? You know how mm. they say the Fidelis charm. So the secret keeper charm, the way it works, this I know this more because I've now read. Who was the enough. house under the Fidelis Not, charm? It, worked, it was under something like a Fidelis charm. So okay. it was untraceable. So they yeah. would have never been able to go to Harry's house and attack him. They would have ah. been able to be maybe in the vicinity of Little Whinging, but they would have never yeah. been able to be like, that's Harry's house. Okay. So it would be like an invisible shield around, I'm guessing, yeah, around yeah. four private drive. So I'm, yeah. like, as in, if you're saying that's what Dumbledore did, I'm guessing that's what he would have done. It's something to have the Death Eaters still be able to maybe come close to the house, but not be able to come close enough to kill So that's him. why he needed to continue to go back there to strengthen the wards. Pretty and much. as long as he considered, considered it home. Pretty much. And then okay. I think that's when the wards break after book seven and stuff. And the, yeah, yeah. the thing is, have to, and that's why the Dursleys have to leave. Yeah. yeah. But it's very, I, I loved, because I, I thought it was very interesting that, like, first of all, this chapter, Parting of the Ways, is one of the best for me, but also one of the most infuriating chapters. Because as you know, Cornelius Fudge is featured in this chapter. Mm -hmm. But before that, Sirius protecting his godson. I thought that was very important. Because Dumbledore can get very caught up in yes. getting the facts that he kind of forgets that Harry is a human being. And Sirius is like, hey, let him rest. But then obviously Dumbledore is like, well, if I don't let you rest, I mean, if I let you rest, the problem will still be there. But I still love that Sirius kind of says, well, he still kind of is a kid and he needs to rest. Let him rest. But Dumbledore, man, he just has to get his facts. And There's a part where... Um whilst Harry's leg was being mended by the Phoenix Tears. Mm. And Dumbledore is like, I will say I will say it again, said Dumbledore, as the Phoenix rose into the air and resettled itself oh, upon the perch behind the door. Mm -hmm. You have shown bravery beyond anything I could have expected of you tonight, Harry. You have shown bravery equal to those who died fighting Voldemort at the height of his powers. You have shouldered a grown wizard's burden and found yourself equal to it. And you have now given us all that we have a right to expect. Yeah. I'm like, damn. This yep. is like little soldier. My little soldier, he actually <laughs> proved that he she can go up against uh, Voldemort mm -hmm. and win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know, actually, before we go on with this chapter, I had two points to make because I'd forgotten them. First of all, um, look, I just forgot the first point. Jesus Christ, it was literally on the tip of my tongue when you were reading. Um, I love how all of the Phoenix is set up in terms of the classes by Harry, Ron and Hermione training and practicing those hexes. So they're actually better equipped to teach them in book five when they start. So it was just a random thought that I had. I couldn't edit later because I would have totally forgotten it. But other mm. than that, I love how Barty, Barty's story, background, having a Bart, good... Barty Jr. Barty Jr., sorry. Yes. Yeah. 
he has this father that's you know supreme ruler like how harry described percy supreme ruler of the magical world you know he's he's, he's up there in the magical world but he doesn't love his son so you then ask the question why would he end up with voldemort that's because voldemort was attracting the unwanted the pariahs the bullied the you know kids that had been trampled on in some of these social institutions they were the ones drawn to voldemort because voldemort was offering them this fake eternal glory or whatever mm-hmm. so i just thought that was very interesting that Barty had like for most people an ideal childhood you know like both parents rich powerful and they they i think Dumbledore even says you or McGonagall says you killed the last line of one of the most you know prestigious or whatever families in the pure blood blah blah magical world yeah he had all that going for him but mm. he was not loved by his father and Voldemort was giving him that attention yeah because Voldemort can't like he has that charisma and that intuition that mm. he knows what his followers need. Yes. And he feeds into that. Exactly. So that that's before you even know it, you're already like that devotion that Crouch has for 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 Voldemort. Like even when he's talking about how his mom um his mom uh couldn't bear to see him uh stuck in uh Azkaban mm. and so she they swapped places. Like he doesn't even talk about there's no even that emotion towards his mom at yes. all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and if- the fact that he turned his father into a freaking bond. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey. And then he put the invisibility clock on top of it. And then he the buried rudeness. it. Oh the god. Rudeness. Jesus Christ. I can see. I can see and kind of understand his uh anger uh, towards his father but but damn exactly dude. exactly it's kind of sad it's kind of sad mm. but i guess we can talk about cornelius fudge and freaking rip into him because yes this man cornelius f and fudge that's exactly what i called I him to und- i don't i don't understand like he was someone being shown the truth and he's like i can't see it mm-hmm. <laughs> i can't see it i was and denied. It was just so unbelievable mm. i I, I like no. I I think just just just, just listen to me um to the recording to the to the audio audio version of it and just talk about it. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to cue it up. Sorry, I will see if this. Certainly, I believe Harry said Dumbledore. His eyes were blazing now. I heard Crouch's confession, and I heard. Okay, so we go back a bit. We go back a bit that we had caught the Death Eater responsible for tonight. Okay, just a bit back. Sorry, listeners, we just have to... felt as though it was sinking deeper into the warmth of the feather mattress. Before he could finish the potion, before he could say another word, Harry opened his eyes blearily. Someone had removed his glasses. He could see the fuzzy outlines of Mrs. Weasley and Bill close by. Mrs. Weasley was on her feet. That's Fudge's voice, she whispered, and that's Minerva McGonagall's, isn't it? But yeah. what are they arguing about? Now Harry could hear them too, people shouting and running towards the hospital I'm wing. just going to put the volume a bit low so that we can talk as well. but all the same, Minerva, Cornelius Fudge was saying loudly. You should never have brought it inside the castle, yelled Why Professor McGonagall. When castle. Dumbledore finds out... I'm literally getting mad just hearing this again. Burst oh. open, I've never wanted to strangle any someone. of the people around his bed, all okay. of whom were staring at the door as Bill pulled back the screens, Harry sat up and put his glasses back on. 
Fudge came striding up the ward. Professors McGonagall and Snape were at his heels. "'Where's Dumbledore?' Fudge demanded of Mrs. Weasley. "'He's not here,' said Mrs. Weasley angrily. "'I remember reading this, this ages ago. This is a wing minister. Mm. "'Don't you think My you'd do better re-read. to... "'But the door surprised. opened, I didn't know... and Dumbledore came sweeping up the ward. Does. "'What so has happened?' said Dumbledore sharply, looking from Fudge to Professor McGonagall. Why are you disturbing these people? Minerva, I'm surprised at you. I asked you to stand guard over Barty Crouch. There is no need to stand guard over him any more, <laughs> Dumbledore, she shrieked. The minister has seen to that. <laughs> Harry had never seen Professor McGonagall lose control like this. There were angry blotches of colour in her cheeks. Her hands were balled into fists. She was trembling with fury. When we told Mr Fudge that we had caught the Death Eater responsible for tonight's events, said Snape in a low voice, he seemed to feel his personal safety was in question. He insisted on summoning a Dementor to accompany him into the castle. He brought it up to the office where Barty Crouch... I told him you would not agree, Dumbledore. Tell me if you want me to pause, by the way, so that we don't... Like, how can... Never allowed... Like, how can... (laughs) Looking at what Dementors look like, mm. like yeah, dark creatures and everything, how can Fudge, on one hand, I feel comfortable with uh, being so close to a Dementor that I can just turn around and... And kill him. Yeah. But you see, yeah. that's what shows and, how cowardly he is. Uh, that's what shows how cowardly he is. Because if he was like a Dumbledore, he would be assured in his own power that mm. like a, dum- a Dementor is not going to do anything. You know, it's not going to... Like he's not going to change he anything. Felt, I think he felt inferior towards uh, Dumbledore and yeah. was scared of Dumbledore. It's not you think. He was. He was. He, he was. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not he think. You, you think he thinks he thought he was blah, blah, blah. No, he definitely knew he was. So that's why he did what he did. Anyway, sorry, yeah, keep going. I just thought, just to, he didn't think he was. In th- <laughs> I hate, like, honestly, I... That's what I said. My second last reread of this, when before I I read it with you, hmm. I hadn't forgotten because of the movies. I this doesn't even happen. Nothing like this happens in the books, right? I mean the movies. So I didn't even know that there was a parting of the ways, like a literal point when Dumbledore was like, "I'm going this way, and you and your ministry people go that way." So it was just yeah. so shocking for me to be like, "Wow!" So the Minister of Magic actually like was like, "Nah, Voldemort is not back." Who's that? What are you talking about? It's not touched in that film. I think it's touched in the second film. When like the, they're the, showing the, the order of the yeah, phoenixes. Yeah, yeah. But even then, it's newspaper articles and... All that proper, proper, proper yeah, propaganda. But yeah, it, but this is such a good foundation for it. Mm. It shows... Mm. Oh, anyway, I don't know if you have more to say before we keep playing. No, no, that's it. ...to set foot inside the castle. But, my dear woman, roared Fudge, who likewise looked angrier than Harry oh had God. ever seen him... As Minister for Magic, it is my decision whether I wish to bring protection with me when interviewing a possibly dangerous... But Professor McGonagall's voice drowned Fudge's. The (laughs) moment that... that thing entered the room, she screamed, pointing at Fudge, trembling all over, it swooped down on Crouch and... and... Harry felt a chill in his stomach as Professor McGonagall struggled to find words to describe what had happened. He did not need her to finish her sentence. He knew what the Dementor must have done. It had administered its fatal kiss to Barty Crouch. It had sucked his soul out through his mouth. 
he was worse than dead. "'By all accounts he is no loss,' blustered Fudge. "'It seems he has been responsible for several deaths.' "'But he cannot now give testimony, oh, Cornelius,' God. said Dumbledore. "'He was staring hard at Fudge, as though... Mm. "'Because I actually have a quick point to say to this. "'I actually was like, wait, so if Barty's not dead... "'Because at that time I hadn't got to this part "'where he mm. dies by the Dementor's kiss. "'I actually had forgotten... Oh, "'I was wondering how he's not featured in Book 5. "'I was like, oh, wait, so how does um, JK explain for his absence? "'For me yes. only to get to this point and be like, oh, of course.' Now, that's why Harry's not able to be believed, because this idiot of a minister... How do you, as a minister, minister, you're, you're, you're governing different departments mm-hmm. uh, of, your, of your ministry, and one of those is the Department of Medical Law and Enforcement. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why you have an understanding of their policies. Exactly. You have a, crimi- a criminal, you... You uh, do an investigation, you interrogate them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you, you do a trial, and then you meet out the punishment. How did we skip because all these stages? This, these these ministers, he was just in a ceremonial role, really. He didn't know he had to actually work. You know, he's one of those the people that applied for the job <laughs> and was like, oh, so I actually have to work? Yeah, you have to work. <laughs> like, you actually have to implement some policies and, you know, because I'm guessing... It's so so funny that J.K. decided to skip to nineteen years later. But one of the reasons why I enjoy fan fiction is that some fans, some fan fiction explore the year after, the second year after, even the days after. Like, how do you yeah. come back from such things like this? How do you mm-hmm. rebuild your society when it's yeah. been so broken apart? You know, essentially, when Voldemort then comes to power from now on, he captures the ministry. The ministry is already captured from this point on because yes. it's given yeah. into fear. But then after that, Voldemort is able to penetrate through Lucia, the Lucius Malfoys, through other mm, wizarding mm, families. Mm. And next minute, the, the ministry's gone. So, yeah, yeah. This idiot, this idiot. You know, By the time we get to the sixth book, it's too late. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's it's too, too late. He's also, already in positions of uh, Lord Voldemort, and it's ridiculous how Cornelius Fudge spent a whole freaking year. Allowing this to happen. Exactly, exactly. Because he refused to believe that Voldemort was back. Literally, he refused to listen Why to the one Dumbledore person. Lie? Literally. <laughs> you see, that's the point. He, he thinks if Dumbledore says this, he will not have control of the narrative. I don't understand because for me, I'll be like, oh, Dumbledore, you got this? Here you go, man. You can, you can handle it. I'm just, I'm just that go. It's a one-on fact. There's no one um, that, that uh, what's that line? Like Voldemort, Voldemort. fears more than Dumbledore, yeah. Voldemort is what? Like, as in, there's no one that Voldemort fears more than Dumbledore. Than Dumbledore. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you have confidence that in someone like Dumbledore. Yeah. But you see, Dumbledore could actually have literally done a coup. But he yeah. was too gracious to not do a coup because he could have literally walked into the ministry like, hey, hey, I'm the minister now, okay? I'm the captain of this ship. <laughs> <laughs> but he knew that wasn't the way like, to go about no it. I want the throne. Exactly. <laughs> but he he knew like that wasn't the way to go about it. So he was gracious in his way of doing. It. I don't know. So I don't really have time to be honest with you. And I think this will drag if we play the whole thing. So I don't know if you want me to jump to another part, sort of skip another 30 seconds or uh when Snape shows him uh the mark and he still remains ignorant. Okay, let's see. Um or even the part where he's like when Dumbledore is like, you know, Harry told me and then 
He's got this weird smirk on his face, for the like the first time. Okay. He cannot give evidence about why he killed those people. Why he fudge looked as though someone had just swung a heavy weight into his face. Dazed and blinking, he oh, stared back at Dumbledore a bit about as if he couldn't quite back. believe what he had just heard. He began to splutter, still goggling at Dumbledore. You know who returned? Preposterous! Come now, Dumbledore! said Fudge, and Harry was astonished to see a slight smile dawning on his face. You, you, Cornelius! Dumbledore said, "Those people's deaths were mere byproducts of a plan to I went back too much. Damn it! You went back too much. The plan succeeded. Voldemort has been restored. Artie Crouch confess. Under the influence of Veritaserum, he told us how he was smuggled out of Azkaban and how Voldemort, learning of his continued existence from Bertha Jorkins, went to free him from his father and used him to capture Harry. The plan worked, I tell you. Crouch has helped Voldemort to return. See here, Dumbledore. He witnessed Lord Voldemort's rebirth. I will explain it all to you if you will step up to my office. His frustration. Dumbledore glanced around at Harry and saw that he was awake, but shook his head and said, I am afraid I cannot permit you to question Harry tonight. Fudge's curious smile lingered. He too glanced at Harry, then looked back at Dumbledore and said, You are eh, prepared to take Harry's word on this, are you, Dumbledore? There was a moment's silence, which was broken by Sirius growling. His hackles were raised, and he was baring his teeth at Fudge. Certainly, I believe, Harry, said Dumbledore. His eyes were blazing now. I heard Crouch's confession, and I heard Harry's account of what happened after he touched the Triwizard Cup. The two stories make sense. They explain everything that has happened since Bertha Jorkins disappeared last summer. Fudge still had that strange smile Wait, on his uh, face. Plus. Once again. Mm. So what does Fudge believe happened? Like when 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 Harry and Cedric disappeared. So Harry killed Cedric. He knows the <laughs> truth, but he doesn't want to admit it to himself. <laughs> Clearly. Because, I mean, you're right. What logic would you use to say a kid who's 14 years old came back with another kid who's 17 years old dead? Yes. How do you explain that? How is he not? And they also disappeared for a considerable amount of time. Mm. <laughs> I'm guessing this would have been, let's say, an hour later, like yeah. the, from the point when they, they touched, the yeah, cup. they touched the cup to when they came back, and people would be like, "What?" So they're still not out of the maze. Anyway, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Let me just go back and find the one you said about Snape showing him the tat. Uh, Snape showing him. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to get to it. Glanced at Harry before answering. You are prepared to believe that Lord Voldemort has returned on the word of a lunatic murderer and a boy who... Well, Fudge shot Harry another look, and Harry suddenly understood. You've been reading Rita Skeeter, Mr Fudge, he said quietly. Ron, Hermione, Mrs. Weasley, and Bill all jumped. Not these pains, then, said Fudge quickly. Headaches, nightmares, possibly hallucinations. He can half a step back from Dumbledore, but he looked no less stubborn. 
You'll forgive me, Dumbledore, but I've heard of a cursed scar acting as an alarm bell before. Look! I saw Voldemort come back! Harry shouted. He tried to get out of bed again, but Mrs Weasley forced him back. I saw the Death Eaters! I can give you their names! Lucius Malfoy! Snape made a sudden movement, but as Harry looked at him, Snape's eyes flew back to Fudge. "'Malfoy was cleared,' said Fudge, visibly affronted. "'A very old family. Donations to excellent causes. <laughs> "'McNair,' Harry continued, "'also cleared, now working for the Ministry. "'Kind of reminded me of Kakarot's uh, "'Yes, that's Mr. true. "'Mr. Crouch, these deaths were not the random work of a lunatic. "'I see no evidence to the contrary.' shouted Fudge, now matching her anger, his face purpling. It seems to me that you are all determined to start a panic that will destabilise everything we have worked for these last 13 years. Harry couldn't See, believe what he was hearing. He had always thought of Fudge as a kindly figure, a little blustering, a little pompous, but essentially good-natured. But now a short, angry wizard stood before him, refusing point-blank to accept the prospect of disruption in his comfortable and ordered world, to believe that Voldemort could have risen. Voldemort has returned. Dumbledore repeated. If you accept that fact straight away, Fudge, and take the necessary measures, we may still be able to save the situation. The first and most essential step is to remove Azkaban from the control of the Dementors. Give to the Preposterous, name, shouted I'm Fudge honest, again. I'm trying to remove find it. I can't. The Dementors, I'd be kicked out of office. I don't even know if it happens Half of where us Fudge only feel safe is in our or... beds at night because we know oh, okay, the Dementors good, are standing good. guard at Stop him regaining the sort of power he had 13 years ago them as he did before that he alone among wizards will give them their rights and their freedom you you cannot be serious fudge gasped shaking his head and retreating further from dumbledore if the magical community got wind that i had approached I the promise. giants people hate i did them, too but dumbledore. in terms of audio it's hard Your to, to uh, just destroyed yeah. the last remaining member of a pure blood family as old as any that's what and see what that man chose to make of his life i tell you now Take the steps I have suggested and you will up to be the remembered of the in ways office part. or out as one of the bravest and greatest ministers for magic oh. we have ever known. Fail to act and history will remember you as the man who stepped aside and allowed Voldemort a second chance to destroy the world we have tried to rebuild. Insane! whispered Fudge, still backing away. <laughs> Mad. The one who's insane. And then there was silence. Madame Pumphrey was standing frozen at the foot of Harry's bed, her hands over her mouth. Mrs Weasley was still standing over Harry, her hand on his shoulder to prevent him rising. Bill, Ron and Hermione were staring at Fudge. If your determination to shut your eyes will carry you as far as this, Cornelius said Dumbledore. We have reached a parting of the ways. You must act as you see fit, and I, I shall act as I see fit. Oh. The ministry. But if you're going to work against me, the only one against whom I intend to work, said Dumbledore, is Lord Voldemort. If you are against him, then we remain, Cornelius, on the same side. 
Snape is about it to... It seemed Fudge could think of no answer to this. He rocked backwards and forwards on his small feet for a moment and spun his bowler hat in his hands. Finally, he said with a hint of a plea in his voice, He can't be back, Dumbledore. He just can't be. Denial. Snape acceptance. strode forwards, past Dumbledore, pulling up the left sleeve of his robes as he went. He stuck out his forearm and showed it to Fudge, who recoiled. There, said Snape harshly, there, the dark mark. It is not as clear as it was an hour or so ago when it burnt black, but you can still see it. Every Death Eater had the sign burnt into him by the Dark Lord. It was a means of distinguishing each other, and his means of summoning us to him. When he touched the mark of any Death Eater, we were to disapparate, and apparate instantly at his side. This mark has been growing clearer all year. Karkaroff's, too. Why do you think Karkaroff fled tonight?' We both felt the mark burn. We both knew he had returned. Karkaroff fears the Dark Lord's vengeance. He betrayed too many of his fellow Death Eaters to be sure of a welcome back into the fold. Fudge stepped back from Snape, too, strode back down the dormitory and stopped at Harry's bed. You're winning, <laughs> he said shortly. Of course you can, oh, that's said it. Mrs. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. There should have been a presentation ceremony, but in the circumstances... He crammed his bowler hat onto his head and walked out of the room, slamming the door behind him. The moment he had disappeared, Dumbledore turned to look at the like group this. around Dumbledore Harry's bed. getting the guys together. There is work to be done, he said. Molly, am I right in thinking that I can count on you and Arthur? "'Of course you can,' said Mrs. Weasley. "'She was white to the lips, but she looked resolute. "'He knows what Fudge is. "'It's Arthur's fondness for muggles "'that has held him back at the Ministry all these years. "'Fudge thinks he lacks proper wizarding pride.' "'Then I need to send a message to him,' said Dumbledore. "'All those that we can persuade of the truth "'must be notified immediately, "'and Arthur is well-placed to contact those of the Ministry "'who are not as short-sighted as Cornelius.' "'I'll go to Dad,' said Bill, standing up. "'I'll I go now.' Mm. "'Excellent,' mm. said Dumbledore. "'Tell him what has happened. "'Tell him I will be in direct contact with him shortly. "'He will need to be discreet, however. "'If Fudge thinks I am interfering at the Ministry, "'leave it to me,' said Bill. Wow. "'He clapped a hand yes, on Harry's no. shoulders. <laughs> "'Do what you can for her and take her back to the oh, kitchen. They they talked about "'I think Winky Dobby will look after her for us.' "'Very, very well.' said Madame Pumphrey, looking startled, and she, too, left. Dumbledore made sure that the door was closed and that Madame Pumphrey's footsteps had died away before he spoke again. "'And now,' he said, "'it is time for two of our number to recognise each other for what they are. Sirius, if you would resume your usual form.' "'I love this because of Miss Weasley.' The great black dog looked up at Dumbledore, then, in an instant, turned back into a man.' Mrs. Weasley screamed and leapt back from the bed. Sirius Black! she shrieked, pointing at him. Mom, shut up! Ron yelled. It's okay! We could keep going, but Snape and yeah, yeah, and I just, oh God, this chapter is just, yeah, it just does things to me. It just does, obviously making me angry. 
it and uh the Veritas serum and just the last yeah the, the last row of chapters yeah, yes yeah, yes yeah. They, but yeah you know Dumbledore is getting the old crowd back together setting mm. up Hagrid being absent in book five he's like he's like Akas get Akas Filch Mandangas yes Fletcher. yes oh my God, he actually said Mandangas he did right? he did he pronounce it uh let's yeah let's go oh, listen to let's... it <laughs> had not yelled or jumped backwards but the look on his face was one of mingled fury uh, and loathing. I will settle in the short term, said Dumbledore, with a bite of impatience in his voice, for a lack of open hostility. You will shake hands. You are on the same side now. Time is short, and unless the few of us who know the truth stand united, there is no hope for any of us. Very slowly, but still glaring at each other as though each wished the other nothing but ill, Sirius and Snape moved towards each other and shook hands. They let go extremely quickly. <laughs> that will do to be going on with, said Dumbledore, stepping between them once more. Now I have work for each of you. Fudgy's attitude, though not unexpected, changes everything. Sirius, I need you to set off at once. You are to alert Remus Lupin, Arabella Fig, Mundungus Fletcher, the old huh? crowd. Lie low at Lupin for a while. I will contact you. <laughs> uh, like... Sounds like an African name. Exactly, right? Mandangas. Yeah. I was like, yo, because I used Mandangas. to read it as Mandangas. Some, some nation in Africa, that is Mandangas. Uh. But yeah, like, isn't that, yeah. And then, yeah, but then Miss Weasley's hug. Oh, I'm going to play that uh. very quickly. Miss Weasley's hug. Yes, let's go. I must go downstairs. You have a good long sleep. Try and think about something else for a while. Think about what you're going to buy with your winnings. I don't want that gold, said Harry in an expressionless voice. You have it. Anyone can have it. I shouldn't have won it. It should have been Cedric's. Mm. The thing against which he had been fighting on and off ever since he had come out of the maze was threatening to overpower him. He could feel a burning, prickling feeling in the inner corners of his eyes. He blinked and stared up at the ceiling. It wasn't your fault, Harry, Mrs. Weasley whispered. I told him to take the cup with Guilt. me, said Harry. Now the burning feeling was in his throat, too. He wished Ron would look away. Mrs. Weasley set the potion down on the bedside cabinet, bent down and put her arms around Harry. He had no memory of ever being hugged like this, as though by a mother. The full weight of everything he had seen that night seemed to fall in upon him as Mrs. Weasley held him to her. His mother's face, his father's voice, the sight of Cedric dead on the ground, all started spinning in his head until he could hardly bear it, until he was screwing up his face against the howl of misery fighting to get out of him. There was a loud slamming noise, and Mrs. Weasley and Harry broke apart. Hermione was standing by the window. She was holding something tight in her hand. Sorry, she whispered. <laughs> Sorry, like, what the heck, Hermione? Like, seriously, seriously, her obsession. Anyway, anyway, she gets Rita Skeeter. And then, you're, oh, you're mute, you're yeah. mute. <laughs> She gets readers. No, you're laughing by yourself. I, I was like, "Wait, what's going on? I can't hear you. I can't hear you." But yeah, I guess to just wrap it up for me quickly, so you can then go and then we just wrap this up. I'm done. I'm mm. tired. Anyway, 
Loved Hagrid's we statement. We would have been able to do even if we had started sure, on time sure. yesterday. This like, is a six-hour podcast now. Like what? It was just yeah, going through that. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot. It was a lot. But yeah. the Hagrid's statement: as long as we have Dumbledore, you know, that's that's the way he looks at the future. And then obviously, what happens? You know, Dumbledore, we lose him. But then I always thought to ask you, what happens when you lose your beacon of hope kind of thing? Those types of questions are what's going on in my mind as we go on into book five and book six. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. this hope that you have and then it gets taken away. What do you do? And then Dumbledore trusting his students to know the truth. That's one thing that I always prop up like Dumbledore for. He tells them exactly. Voldemort is back. This, that, that. This, that, that. Know the truth. Your parents won't be happy with me telling you this, but you have have to to know. Exactly. And then... His words about Cedric, they put into sharp relief, like how the innocent are collateral damage in the war. Yeah, like, that hurts. During that moment when they're holding their cups up for, uh, yeah. Literally. But then also Ron, Ron's in a struggle regarding Crumb when they're leaving. And like, yeah, yes. <laughs> he hates Crumb, but he still wants to get his autograph. It's so funny. But then also I thought, isn't it interesting that JKR sets up the horseless carriages to be seen when someone sees death? So shouldn't Harry already have been able to see the horseless carriage? Or is it something that sets in later? Because obviously it's either a plot hole or just something that she hadn't considered until book five and she was like, oh, I could actually use Cedric's death as like a, a reflection, equity, blah, blah, blah. Because technically he's seen the death and then they go back and it says the horseless carriages were waiting for them. But he doesn't see the thistral. So I'm thinking either oh, that, JK. The, I, I think I missed that yeah, part. The shim, they mentioned like the horseless carriages still yeah, being yeah. there. Yeah. And then at the end, I just thought, Harry's noble nature in giving away his prize money. <coughs> oh, God. Okay. I don't think the people need to hear you coughing. God. <laughs> it's not coughing. <laughs> Jump on her. She's coughing. <laughs> but yeah, for me, that was it. I don't know what your final thoughts about that final chapter are. but um, My final thoughts were, were just uh, poor Harry, Cedric happening mm. due to Cedric due to what Fudge um, uh, reaction. And do you know, do you know what memory I got back to with Fudge and Harry mm. when he left uh, in, in book, th- book three, mm-hmm. uh, when Fudge like, you know, comes across it, across him at Licky Cauldron. He's like, don't worry. You're not going to be expelled from school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, it's there for Harry during that, that time. Mm. And, and I'm like, that's the memory I have of Fudge and Harry. And then... He just turns leave. into this monster. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, Barty Jr. happening to Harry, Lord Voldemort, and then going back to the Dursley. It's like, it started on a light note, this book, from Harry's story, mm. not from the Little Hangleton Town story, but from Harry's just... He was just thinking about going to the Quidditch match. To literally, the Quidditch literally. His life at the at the Dursley is not the ideal. He's made it out to be something that he can somewhat live with mm, at the moment. Mm, mm. So that's not going too bad. Um, but man, and then um, with trio, tri- the trio plus Fred and George hexing Malfoy and his Goonies, and I'm like, it kind of reminds me of uh, book six when Harry gets hexed. And left on the train by Draco. Yes, yes, that's true. Draco was planning that for a long time, yes. Draco Um, was like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Literally. And Harry giving 
Fred and George, the tournament earnings. And I'm like, um, cause he didn't want that money. That man, mm. money was tainted for him. Yeah. It was yeah. tainted. And your brother, as he said, we're going to need to laugh a lot in the next coming years. My sister brought mm. me food. Oh my God. Can I have food? Thank you. She brought it. What can food it is it? Show I, wish, me. I don't know if I can have the camera like, oh it's my in a God. nice bowl. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you. I was just about to go and eat, but then I was like, I'm so lazy. Anyway, we're about to wrap up, so I'll, I'll have a proper meal. Wow. I haven't. I haven't. Today. today I ate earlier. <laughs> That's the thing. I thought I I came and had like a bit of bread and stuff, but anyway, people yeah. don't need to know what I had for for my for my pre dinner. Anywho, so and that's it. Uh, I'm done. Yeah, that's, that's I just good. have questions. That's uh, good because I was gonna say I think for shipping wise we've kind of covered it throughout. We've talked about ships and stuff, so we don't really need to yeah. dedicate time. So I guess we can dedicate that to the questions, then final thoughts, and yeah, we, we'll be done. Sorry, listeners, this went on and on, but hopefully by the thirty minute mark of this hour, we'll be done. <laughs> okay. Um. So the questions I had for you. Um, if they'd managed to clear Sirius's name, um, like from the events in the last book, mm-hmm. and if they'd actually managed to catch Wemtel and hand him over to the authorities, do you think Dumbledore would have allowed Harry to go and live with this with Sirius, or would he still have to go for a certain period of time to live with the Dursleys? I suppose that has been answered a little bit. So, can you just repeat that part again? Uh, if they had managed to clear Sirius's name yes, in the last yes. book, the events of the last yes. book, and they caught Wemtel and handed him over to the authorities. Do you think Dumbledore would have allowed Harry to go and live with Sirius? Or would he oh. still have uh, had to go for a certain period of time to live with the Dursleys? Then afterwards, when the wards were renewed to Dumbledore's satisfaction in the same way that he would go to the Weasleys, would it then would have been allowed to go to live with Sirius? Yeah. yeah. Suppose, because if let's say Sirius was living where he lived in terms of the black house, which became the secret keeper house, whatever, that would have worked. But because then if Wormtail had been caught, that would have not led to the events of book four. Yeah. So technically Dumbledore probably would have said yes. Because Voldemort would not have returned at this stage. Or he might oh, have yeah. said yeah. there could be an arrangement maybe where it allows for Harry to live, I guess, still for a portion with the Dursleys, but maybe less of a portion. And then he goes off and he lives with Sirius. Or he just transfers those wards to Sirius's house and that's that. But then the, because the magic element of, at that moment was still very important, the blood part, the blood magic that existed between Harry and Petunia, yeah. Then perhaps Dumbledore might have said no to yeah. allow the blood thing to to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My next question. Um, which ministry of magic departments would you have been interested in working in? Mm. So we have the Department Um of Magical Law Enforcement, Department of Magical Incidents and Cat- Catastrophes, the Department of Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures. The Department of International Magical Cooperation, the Department of Magical Transportation, the Department of Magical Games and Sports, and the Department of Ministries. Oh, obviously, everyone wants to go for the mysteries because we're, but then I don't really think I would want that because is the Department of Mysteries also tied into, or oh, the Department of Law Enforcement is the auras sector, yes. right? 
I would, and then the Department of Medical Accidents and Catastrophes, I think like those those are the people that deal with uh when accidental magic So Mr. Weasley essentially. Yeah. Yeah. They they're they're the other guys, the uncool yeah. crowd. Whereas the law enforcement <laughs> people are the you know, the yeah. top the top guys. And then anyway. the regulation of control magical creatures crowd, and then international magical corporation. Percy, then, yep. Then magical transportation and then uh magical games and sports and then department of mysteries. Yeah, it's it's really difficult because it depends on the interest level. For my what I'm doing right now in my career, I would go for law enforcement because hello, mm-hmm. regulation, you know, make the policies and stuff. But from a fun perspective, I think I would want the international cooperation one. I know as much as Percy was a bit of like a teacher's pet and I think crouch, that would be interesting. Yeah, Being like able to interact with other, other exactly yeah. other wizards from other countries. You'd be then going to Macusa, the the American. Uh, mm. Mystery of Magic, whatever you'd be able to go to, like different African countries, different whatever. I think I would want that because that would allow me for to travel, and I love traveling, yeah. and to interact with different people, which I love doing. And it's not the standard stuff that make maybe makes you stay at the at the actual mis- ministry all the time. It kind of has like a sorry, that's my alarm. Anyway, it's not the standard. Um, job sorry that keeps you at the ministry i feel like you can be an ambassador you can yeah go off and do whatever so what about you i think i would like uh if not the international magical corporation my other choice would be like magical ex- incidents and catastrophes mm, mm, yeah mm. accidents and catastrophes i would oh, catastrophes i would have liked that yeah because then Oh no, yeah. I was just gonna say it, I think they make Mr. Weasley out to be in a bad job, but he's actually in a good job. It's just that the way the magical the Ministry of Magic is running right now is corrupt. So they haven't given certain departments, they say good budgets. So yeah. his job is actually very important because like you're saying, you would be like the the, the safeguard. It's, it's, between, it's a sub department of that one, isn't it? The law enforcement one. Uh it's a sub department I thought it would be a sub department of the magical accidents and uh which which is a sub department? Sorry, uh, your, your your department, yeah, Mister, yeah, Mister Weasley. But isn't Mister Weasley in the department of magical incidences and stuff? It's just that he's is that his department. Yeah, that is his department. Oh. I think so. But it's just that he's unfortunately looked down upon because he, they consider him a blood trader or whatever yeah. stupidity that they do. Anyway, but and then lastly, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no. This, I have. I also want to have one question for you. So it works yeah, that, this is the last question from my end. So undoubtedly, the trio holds a special place in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Yes, even Ron holds a special place <laughs> in our hearts. Um, so, so they are not included in this question um, because we spend the whole podcast waxing poetry and whatnot about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I was thinking from now on. I think we've done this, but only once or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was either for the film or book two or something like yeah. that. So other than the trio, who are your top two char- who are the top two characters who stood out to you stood out for you in this book? Okay. So first of all, That's Moody. Two, top two characters. Yep. I mean fake Moody, that is. Yes. But yes. mostly from the standpoint that I was thinking of him as this body crouch kid who mm. had this really complex relationship with his father that yeah. led him to do all of this stuff. And then his father imprisoned him and then he imprisoned his father. It was just a whole mess. But just the way that he had to feel like he needed to serve Voldemort to this extent, impersonating someone, manipulating, coming up with all these, you have to be crazy to do all of that, to be honest with you. Yes. And I guess 
thinking of another character that's not even as big as a Moody. A Moody, um, I think both of us can agree. He was like, wow. Yeah, in the, he was yeah, just yeah. really engaging. But I'm trying to think yeah. of like side characters that might have even captured me without even me really realizing it. But I suppose Cedric, I know he's still a main-ish character, but I think it was more how... I said uh, any, any, anyone else other than okay. the trio. So because anyone can for me, him. I think it's more the idea that yes, he was sort of like a one-time character, mm. but it was the idea that he came in and he touched so many lives because he essentially touched all the lives at his school by dying. That's the For most of those kids, that's the first person they've ever heard of dying. Yeah. Because hello, like not many deaths happen in most high schools. But then also it's the way that JK wrote him out to just be a nice guy. He was just a nice kid. Yes, he was a rival with Harry at some point, but even then he wasn't like trying to be bullying and whatever. Like he, he didn't let the champion mindset get to his head. Yes. Even when it could have, like even yeah. when it did, even when he was like so close to glory, he was almost about to give it up. And this poor kid, innocent kid just died without even knowing why kind of thing. So I think, that even though Cedric was peppered through and you didn't really like actually interact with him much. Yep. He was too impactful enough for me to be like, Oh, in this book, now that I've reread it, mm. I can see why he's, he's, he's still an important character, or at least one of the important characters that sets off Harry's journey going forward. Yeah. So what yeah. about you? <sighs> Trying to think of a second one. Cause uh, Barty Jr. Kind of just, eclipses everybody yeah yeah that's true yeah that's true um i would say uh i was gonna say serious but dumbledore mm-hmm. dumbledore in the sense that in every other book right we've been just catching glimpses here and there and here too like as the story progresses, we get glimpses, then more and more mm. and more, and then just this explosion at the end of the book mm-hmm. where he goes for it after he finds uh Patty Jr., the the interrogation to him um setting up all these uh he's sending out his people now into the um world, like you know, let's gather our people, let's meet, let's you know. Mm-hmm. Get the ball rolling. Uh, Voldemort is back. He informs the students. He knows the parents are gonna be angry. Um, that you know he took up that, but that that that's his choice. Mm-hmm. Those are his students. Yeah, yeah. He wants them to be. At least he told them, if you won't listen to him and you get get killed, that's on you. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's on you. You know, you're right. Yeah. I wanted to say Dumbledore. I just thought it was being easy one, but. It's true. Yeah, I, I I wanted to say serious instead, but then I'm like Dumbledore, kind of like yeah, just kind of like, he steps like into says, his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Harry says, he now understood why people said <laughs> Voldemort. Dude, Dumbledore is is somebody that Voldemort feared. Yeah. Literally, I think Stephen Fry. As much as you were saying Voldemort's voice, you didn't like. I actually didn't like Dumbledore's voice because Stephen Fry still leans into that old man persona of Dumbledore. Yeah. Whereas I think if you take Michael Gambon's voice and then you infuse that into the story. Yes, I think that pa- and that's why it makes me so sad that the parting of the ways is not portrayed in book four. If it had been portrayed, 
the electricity I could imagine. Because Michael Gambon yeah. is a very good actor. That's why yeah. no matter what people say about him as Dumbledore, that yeah. was more direction than it was Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon mm. is a good actor. Because even when he said, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Had you, we you not had the right. book you as a reference right. point? You do it again. Oh. Harry, do, 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 do. <laughs> I can't even do it now. Fire. <laughs> but as in, mm. if we didn't have the book as a reference point, that yeah. scene is still impactful. Because mm. it's showing Dumbledore being concerned about whatever has happened. Anyway, the acting is superb in in Michael Gambon. So Michael Gambon's acting is superb. Not necessarily in that scene, but in general. So if yeah. you're right, I think Dumbledore, if people less look at him less as this old man, you really will be able to just appreciate what mm. Michael Gambon did. Because... Mm. Mm. Book five, I cannot wait to actually watch Order of the Phoenix as well because one of my favorite scenes, probably the only one, is the battle in the Minister of Magic yes. between the two. That, that was, uh, yeah, yeah. So, was, you know, we've got beautiful. so much to look forward to. We've got so much. Absolutely. So, what are you yeah. looking forward to in terms of the film? Oh, actually, I have one. I have a question for you and then we'll probably mm. go. If you were as powerful as Dumbledore, would you yeah. be patient enough to let Cornelius be the fool he is or would you take over and just fight against Voldemort? Would you do a coup? Because mm. sometimes you're not just fighting Cornelius there. Mm, yeah. You're fighting other the the other ministry departments mm-hmm. and the other yeah. So it depends. Do you have some do you have enough backup in the ministry for you to do a coup? Yeah. And I think that would be I no, that, that would be what hinges on what whether you act yeah, or not. Okay. Yes. You're dealing with the with a nation that fears the idea of the fact that and they and that's why they're so successful in uh, in um making people think Harry is a is a liar mm. yeah mm. because everyone is scared that they don't want to go through that again mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're right then well I uh I think Dumbledore's way was yeah probably the only way at this point in time yeah that's true yeah which is sad but man. This book, what does what does this series do to us? Seriously, what the heck? Yeah. The way we analyze it, but I love it. I love it. So, what are you looking forward to most as we go into the movie, so we can wrap this up and you know keep it at a good under three hours? But what are you looking forward to? Two uh, hours and forty minutes. I, I know you this. you continue to say things like uh, the movie was so disappointing and whatnot, and part of me is like, was it really? Like, I can't remember. I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, now that I've read all this and I know what happens in the book. So I'm looking forward to exactly <laughs> as our podcast, as the uh, purpose of our podcast, what really did change yes, in the film that's that true. has made you think that this is the worst film ever. That is true. Yeah. That is true. I, 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 that's all I can say. <laughs> but I actually think it probably is the second worst because I think still to this day, book six for me. Mm. Yeah. And it's not even about shipping or anything. It's just yeah. the way book six was executed. But we'll get to that when we get to that. So, do you have any more thoughts before we wrap up? Um, or at least final thoughts on the book in terms of your final verdict on it? Uh, uh, I just said this funny thought. I had written it as a point at some point in time. Um, I'd kind of forgotten that book, Barons, and he pronounced it differently, Stephen Fry. Uh, books buttons or book buttons and well, probably French actually co-ed exactly. schools yeah 
And then you know how they're getting out of the they're getting out of the great hall after the welcome feast. No, no, no. After the is in the welcome feast for the other students mm-hmm. for the other schools. Yeah. And then someone points out, ah, that's Harry Potter and whatnot. And Kakroff and the, the dancing students are kind of blocking the door. Mm. They're looking at Harry and people in the back, like the other Hogwarts <laughs> students are like, what's going on up there? Like Harry has become this, he's still popular, but for the Hogwarts students, he's, he's like the low key kind of mm. popularity mm. because he's familiar. Mm. Mm. So they're like, what is it? What, 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 why are they blocking the door? What's <laughs> happening? Who's there? Kind of thing. And I'm like, that's so funny. It's sort me. of like if you have a famous parent, then you go to the shops and people start going, oh my God, can I take a picture of you, of your mom or dad, let's say? But yes, then you're just yes. like, that's my mom or dad. Like, yes, stop. Yes, Please stop. Yeah, yeah so right. I found it. Um, there were some lighthearted moments in this, particularly at the beginning and kind of sprinkled in here and there. But you can, you can tell that things have changed. Like things are getting darker mm, now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and welcome to a lot of tears and a lot, lot of teen of, yeah. angst a lot of teen yes. angst in book five you know a lot of yes. teen angst but for me yeah. i just thought it was just as good obviously as the first three how could it not even better it surpassed the last three in terms of building the story to an even greater level in, involving international things you know bigger threads and also it was just so well handled because in the hands of a lesser writer not, no that's not to say that anyone who writes should not be commended because writing is good. Writing is amazing. But in the hands of someone who might not have had quite as much of a skill in terms of handling all the many threads, I call them, you know, plates spinning in the air. Mm. It was done well. They were all able to land and land with grace and land with like an impact. That's why the deaths that happened, the comedic moments, whatever, it just all kind of worked. And just an enjoyable ride. It's unfortunate that we were reading it for analysis sake, so <laughs> we took much longer to read it than we wanted. Oh, definitely. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So that's it for another episode of The Story Never Ends, the podcast where we reread our favorite books and watch the adaptations. Thank you for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Say bye, Tinashe. Bye. <laughs>